Pacquiao coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose. Welcome to the Living Legends Podcast. Let's just start now, shall we? <laughs> yes. Bill's not here, but Bill's just absent today. I hope he's okay. <laughs> Bill, wherever you might be out there in a big wide world watching or listening to this back, I hope you're okay, mate. Um, I know, I know. No, last time uh, in this in this chat, actually, a bit of peek behind the curtain. He was saying he um, went out last night and got a little bit, uh, a little bit hairy. Um, so not hairy, Larry, or something along those lines. Um, both, both, and he was maybe. There, that he was maybe both exactly. But he was prepping for Barcelona. Um, because I'm going to be taking him out drinking in Barcelona, <laughs> which is going to be uh, going to be an experience, that's for sure. Captured on GoPro as well and posted on YouTube. I love going again gaming. I love R-rated channel. Prepping yeah. for prepping for Barcelona for you guys means just you know just increasing your it. your blood alcohol tolerance levels, and everyone else it's like grinding yeah. for Living Legend for or absolutely. CC yeah. or whatever, and you're like, nah, we're we're. Nah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going it's, through the real gauntlet <laughs> it's all about meeting people in the flesh and blood baby yeah oh, actually, that's, so that's what you meant when I saw it I didn't know you were talking about audience. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, they're absolute, real serious, absolute yeah, degenerates. Serious. By the way, how's it going, everyone? <laughs> Welcome to the Living Legends podcast. You have heard a uh, a third voice if you are one of our audio only listeners here, and that, of course, yeah. is the beloved flesh and blood artist Sam Yang. He's going to be joining us for mm-hmm. a discussion about uh, flesh and blood art and just kind of like art in general. I have a, a number of questions from the community. We have some questions ourselves, and. Uh, yeah, this is uh, I'm really stoked for this one in particular, by the way, just because I've really wanted to get someone from the creative team on here. I've, I've yeah. sent it multiple times. I think the Flesh and Blood creative team is like very underrated. I think they're awesome. They do an incredible job. So very, very happy to finally have Sam on the show. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Sam. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for Absolutely. having me. It's literally been a year since I said I'd jump on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they don't need to know that. They don't need to know that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great to have you on. People who are like longtime viewers of my channel, Red Zone Rogue, will know that I had Sam on like, oh man, I don't know, like a year or two ago. It's been a while, uh, more than a year actually, because I saw Sam last last year at Worlds, but I had him on my channel even before that, so a couple of years ago. Um, and we had a chat that was like three hours long, so... Hey, if you really enjoy this chat, maybe go maybe go hop on my channel and go watch that three hour chat. Um, uh, a little box floating around the uh, you can put the little card there if they want to go click that as well and watch that one. Um, but yeah, no, cheers, cheers for coming on, Sam. It's 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 going to be a good conversation, I think. From mine and Kel's perspective as well, we enjoy flesh and blood because of the world, because of the characters, yeah. because of what the creative team do, you know, and that's obviously something that you've shouted out multiple times on multiple podcasts, Kel, is the creative team. Um, yeah. So yeah, it should be, a, should be a nice little chat. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was actually saying before uh, we started here, while we were waiting for Bill, <laughs> for Bill um, <laughs> that I, um, I've seen some people like uh, a long time ago, but they were saying like, oh, they could play a card game if the mechanics were good, even if the cards were like blank. And I was saying that I definitely couldn't do that. In fact, if even if a card game was like mid, if it was just like fine, but the art and like the world was excellent, I would probably still be into it. Um, Yeah, exactly. 
And that, that, yeah. that's how much art and aesthetics mean to me for like a, a card game. I think they're like so integral, like at like a piece of a card game. Like it's like literally the first thing you see when you like look at a card. You see like not not just the art, but you also see the the general aesthetics, like the card border, maybe you look at the card back or whatever. Um, but I think they're super, super important for setting like the vibe and the groundwork for for that. And also I think they're really important for like player retention. Like you get people, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, like getting people invested into the world, getting people to um relate to the characters or just have a character or you know, something that they really love. And people really attach to that kind of stuff. Like in Flesh and Blood, it's the heroes and other games like um, like older games like Legend of the Five Rings. It's like your clan or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important. So. Well, a good example of this straight away is just just look at the reaction from the United We Stand card, which was loads of different heroes on one piece of art. You know, that was like a oh, big Avengers type thing. And yeah. we can't wait to see Azalea meet Dash or whatever, you know, on a piece of art or Azalea meets Reinar or whatever. I'm saying Azalea multiple times because obviously, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like that character a lot. Um, but um, but yeah, that's the power of art and that's the power of just aesthetics in general, isn't it? In world building, you want to see these heroes evolve and all this. So, yeah, it should be um, a nice little chat. But you've procured a lot of questions, haven't you? Uh, from the community, Cal, um, I, I, for, for Sam as well. I have, I have. Um, well, first of all, okay, let, let's let's start. Enough of Az and I just rambling. Let's let's get Sam into the chat. Um, so, I guess a, a good place to start would be, um, in case people out there don't know, if you're not the kind of person like me who who checks the art, uh, the artist for every single card when you look at, it, and you're like, oh, that's cool, and you immediately look at the artist, Sam. Who are you in regards to Flesh and Blood, and, and kind of what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, I guess in regards to Flesh and Blood as a whole, um, I illustrate for the card art. Um, that's how I got into Flesh and Blood. Uh, but I'm also part of the creative team at LSS. Um, yeah. Uh, so you may have seen some of my cards. Um, I guess notable ones is like heroes like Dash, Benji, Fi. Dash. Um, yeah. And I guess I could go more to the creative team side as well. Um, I, I know previously, uh, in the past, I was like in, in our last conversation, I was kind of just speaking from a very individual artist perspective. Um, now I can go a little bit more to the creative team. Um, would that be good? Maybe yeah, talk, yeah. I can talk about like, I guess because we, we hear a lot about like who, who's in the team, you know, uh, like I, I hear these questions often. And it's, in the past, it's like, um, have to define sometimes because we all do a bit of everything um but i can try to give a something of a breakdown you know team gives some idea yeah. um so okay so the creative team is is small um small but growing uh we we're quite picky of how we want to grow up because like like you guys said um i guess what you talked about before with the uh how the art conveys feeling and whatever that stuff we we want to you know kind of preserve this like a uh, similar visions and you know all these ideas, because um, it, it all comes together. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but our team, um, I guess, uh, I guess we should start with Robbie, you know. Um, Robbie is like the, uh, I guess you could say he directs everything in the creative department. Um, he So he has a hand in everything, basically. He is the um, co-founder of LSS. So he also makes all these you know, high-level decisions um, with James. Uh, which is interesting because 
in being part of the creative team and also being a co-founder means that uh, we have this really direct line, um, you know, and so uh, there isn't wastage, you know, it's quite efficient and we can do a lot. We can work a lot and get a lot done as well, you know. Um, he's also the storyteller, so like he does, um, you know, he he depicts, uh, or he decides the, the story plot, you know. Um, he does the art direction, you know, uh, scenes, that, oh yeah, all that stuff, cut out everything. Um, he does production as well, production management, uh, or he directs the production. So when I say production here, it's, uh, it's the, the printing, the physical uh, aspect, you know, product, producing the physical game. Um, and then he's also the CTM, so uh, like he's the lead programmer. Like in the early days, he programmed the website and everything basically, um, which actually is good leading to the next uh, person in the creative team, MJ. Oh yeah. So uh, because MJ is basically the you know uh, she was there from the beginning. She's one of the original LSS uh, members. So uh, her and Robbie like really they did everything you know outside creative team side. Um, so where Robbie directs everything, MJ um, directs. Uh, more into the brand VI, uh, the mood. And like we're talking about feeling, it's like really big for us. So like she she has a hand in the, you know, the mood and the feeling and also like the world uh, environment and stuff. Um, so MJ directs and also draws, like that's the art. Um, she, uh, so what are some things I could go into? Um, so she's someone we'll call in, uh, we'll have to bring her in uh, if we need, to solve something mood-wise, say with a mm. card out or something, if the mood is maybe not hitting it right, um, we'll bring her in for that kind of thing. You know, she uh, she's quite heavy on the uh, uh, lighting, mood, colors, you know, and the world kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, also, combined with her being one of the original, Alice, you know, she's got this wealth of knowledge of like where the vision is and how it should go. You know. Yeah. Um, didn't so she really good at- help her draw most of the card? borders like the the frames yeah so i mean all the early frames you know the logo um like all the art you know uh the earliest like characters i believe um most if not all oh, yeah uh, and then she also um likes uh, in that line like the kind of more i guess you could say design kind of stuff like uh, like you said um packaging frames logos uh yeah uh, patterns you know all that kind of stuff which um May feel separate to the art, but actually all the little things like patterning, simple patterning on various things, um, further that feeling and the connection to the world, um, which we, we kind of want to really keep a yeah, like you know, a tight grasp on. And it's Kat. Uh Kat is a she does production management. Uh so she she manages the production um like alongside Robbie, um, or with him, you know, directing, overseeing and stuff, uh manufacturing and such. And she is also a um, foiling manager. So she manages a team that does the foiling and um, oh, okay. also like looks to push the foil, I guess, um, potential. Like hopefully like players can see this like improvement in their foils as time's gone on, you know, and she's you know, really pushing to really squeeze as much out of it as you can, you know, with the, you know, what you can do with foiling. Hmm. Um, is that why, like, certain, is that why, like, certain parts of the card will like be accentuated in the foil because that's the the part they want to try and bring out on the card? Then all part of that process is it? Yeah, so it's like it's uh, very. Um, I guess our foiling is very uh, detailed and like 
a lot of effort put into it to really like mm. craft it. So it's yeah, it's like a, lots of time spent to set that in. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the thing I should mention is that because we're a small creative team, everyone has a they had in different areas too. So everyone kind of has crossovers, you know. Um, but yeah, these areas I've mentioned are like what we kind of uh, specialize in a bit more. And then we also have um, Henry Glinda. Uh, he's oh yeah, uh, yeah. He does many of the kata, and he's also a custom artist for us. So um, yeah. he does a wide range of characters. You know, sometimes um, concepting some environments and blah blah. Yeah, um, and we have Jessica Nguyen. Um, so she's done uh, quite a few equipment pieces um, for cuts in recent sets. Hmm. Uh, she's also a custom artist. Does yeah characters sometimes frames or you know just a wide range um and that's me um so i guess where um robbie directs everything and mj directs the brand vi world and stuff i kind of direct the scenes and the characters oh okay um, so kind of those are the areas i yeah I, I kind of specialize more in um so alongside robbie i assist in um directing the card art stuff like writing some of the scenes and ideation um, and then the process. Um, MJ does this too, uh, but I spend quite a lot of my time doing this. And then also characters. Um, so the hero designs, uh, just designing characters in general for the world. Um, that's kind of what I specialize in. And I guess the um, the area I'm focused in is like a very gestural, um, dynamic action po action scenes and stuff. So um, that's where it comes into lots of the scenes. You know, um, that's where I, I guess I. Uh, I have the most input, you know, or direct more. Yeah, that's nice. the creative team, um, uh, which is still growing. So maybe in the future, I'll have more people I can talk about. But I really wanted to finally be able to give you guys something because in the past, every time I get asked this, I'm like, oh, it's just a small team with, you know, people <laughs> who work really hard. Like, I would just say yeah. random. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's kind of what we do in the team. Nice. I, I think oh, it's God. good to give, like, all the people credit because like you said i don't think a lot of people who play flesh and blood even know um like the yeah. who these people are um like they might recognize yeah. like um i always say his name wrong henrik i, I say Henrik. henrik lindner oh um i say henrik but I, I, I don't actually know dude i'm sorry i know he listens to the and watches the podcast i'm sorry dude um, oh, so Henrik, Henrik. Yeah, yeah 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 oh we'll really show i'm sure you know. yeah i'm so i'm so bad with that i'm so bad with names um I have to. No, yeah. cool. But uh, I've yeah. got a uh, I've got a follow up question for the whole team. If that's if that's mm. all right, it's not it's not on the docket, so it's it's quite a deep one as well. Um, so uh, the main thing I was writing down as you were talking there was how do projects look? Um, so do you get given like, for instance, um, outsiders? were you given like a like a brief that this is going to be in the pits and we want to have this sort of vibe and then who follows up on that is that someone who draws the concepts of the characters first and then it sort of evolves from there how do like projects sort of come to come to fruition how where does it start and what have you mm. so um this is where we're lucky because like i said how robbie is you know um basically yeah. he has this you know, rapport with james being you know co-founder and mm. got to make high level decisions it means that i'm shielded from all that stuff so i think actually in the team i'm maybe uh the most shielded from things like i can i can really just you know um put like tunnel vision and just specialize where yeah. i can talk to robbie um 
and he will talk to us as a team. And these decisions are already made. So uh, I can be given clear instructions. Of, oh, we need this out, that out, and just go for it, you know? Um, and then I, you know, we'll discuss those kind of elements you mentioned, like um, uh, maybe elements of narrative or design that are relevant. But mm -hmm. uh, there's no need for me to ever, like, I guess, dig or like uh, worry about that pipeline. Yeah. So almost like, I should say it comes when I when it gets to me. It's like uh, yeah. it's ready for me to run with. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. 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 So the vision and direction is already decided. But when when you get it, essentially, so you know where the theme and the flavor is going to be already to a certain degree. Mm. Yeah. And I guess, um, like, if we talk about theme and flavor as well, like, um, because this there is this like you know tight world that we're we're creating, there are already like all these inbuilt ideas we all have and share. Yeah. I guess about the different worlds, you know, and how things should be. Um, like how for I mentioned, like MJ is like a she'll she'll have a she'll know a lot about the, the mood and the feel and the VI. Uh, so like some of these ideas are already kind of established there, if not written down already, like you know, something we all kind of understand. Um, so it's very quickly go time. Like, you know, like we all nice. can't, can't wait to make it's almost like we can't wait to make all of these things a reality, you know? Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. I hope that answers the question. Like, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I, I ramble, and so like if if I just start trailing <laughs> off and like somewhere else, right. tell me. <laughs> just tell me. Uh, what was what was the question? Again? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this this is another thing we mentioned before we before we started recording because when when I had Sam on last, uh, he and I both have the the bad habit of rambling, <laughs> and if you have two people who have this habit then that's the makings for like a three-hour video <laughs> yeah oh that's brilliant yeah. that's what that's what you need that's what you need in a podcast you know people want to listen to this when they're doing their job their day-to-day -day work yeah. and all this in their ear holes so we need long content that's that's what, that's what it's about i mean so. honestly for like the podcast I mean, and even for like my main video stuff when people tell me like they have me on as like background noise that's not offensive i find that very very like i think that's yeah, awesome exactly. like yeah let me be like the background noise to your life or whatever, whatever you're doing, you know, that's like, Precisely. that's what yeah. I, that's what I used to do when I would listen to a lot of podcasts still do. Uh, but not as much mm -hmm. as when I would work in like a bakery or work in other things long, long time ago, I would just have podcasts constantly playing. So I would, uh, um, be entertained yeah. or at least take my mind off of the boring crap that I was doing. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, to a, actually... shout out to abroad in Japan. That's what I listen to a lot of abroad yeah. in Japan. Yeah. Um, Chris, will, Chris Broad will never, ever hear that. He will never listen to this, but I'll, <laughs> no. shout, I'll shout him out regardless. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah, podcasts are a great thing. So ramble all you like, people. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't recall the last time I've actually... I feel like I never sit down and just watch, you know, any podcast, like, like video ones. I always have them playing. Um, it's like when I'm in the, the rendering stage of my paintings, you know, when it's yeah. like I can kind of... Uh, it's a bit more like a uh, hands-off, like, you know, I can yeah, listen to stuff. But then I realized, like I was saying before, I was, um, I actually watched the, the maybe first half of um, Escape from Southmore, mm. like twice, because every time I try to listen to any kind of like a, any kind of uh, role-playing like podcast, I just, that's one I can't do while I'm painting, like even just rendering for some reason. It's yeah. almost like I need to visualize the thing and I'm already visualizing. I don't know if that's why, but like, um, I just, yeah, I, I always mm -hmm. just somewhere have all these holes in the story. I have to go back and it becomes 
I wonder if that's yeah. just because I shouldn't say just, but I wonder if that's because what you're doing takes a certain part of your brain that requires you to visualize your own thing that you're doing. So you can't yeah, visualize something else that. at the same time. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if it's like uh, two worlds being created. Yeah. Cause like a lot of the times when I would listen to a lot of like role playing stuff, which I really do enjoy listening to, I listen to a lot of like D and D campaigns and stuff. Um, currently listening to one from acquisitions incorporated, which is really good. Um, but um, I'll, I'll have it playing while I'm, while I'm playing a different game that doesn't, require me to pay attention to story or anything like like diablo for example like diablo 4 mm -hmm. while i'm just running through a dungeon killing monsters mindlessly i can have like the the D, &D session running as well and i can still visualize that and still kill the monsters at the same time um in oh, the game. really so you can do that that's pure skill i can't if if, yeah. if if i'm if i'm listening to uh an rpg session i have to like sam said have to really pay oh. attention to it but, um, interesting. but and, it's, I, and it's a pain because I, I have it on during when I'm supposed to be working and I'm just like oh no actually no I'll just stop doing what I'm what, what and you gotta keep reversing and then it gets all crazy yeah. see yeah I what I can't do is I can't do it while I'm editing like my videos while I'm editing videos I have nothing else can be on because yeah. I'm I'm focused a hundred percent on editing the videos and a lot of the times it's just like editing out like four seconds before I started talking so you don't see my the weird face that you make before you start talking or whatever. like it's just a lot of like tiny crap yeah. like that just yeah. editing in stuff um so yeah when i do that it's just like that's the only thing i can be i can be doing and also i'm, I'm paying attention to the audio because i don't want the audio to suck either but um yeah yeah just uh just a just a just oh, a, live, a, a, a live update we have ha we have heard from bill on on, <laughs> on this on this oh, live no. podcast um so he said he's on his on his way so we might actually get bill in the call yeah, during yeah. this yeah we'll, we'll, um, we'll get, get a we'll hot swap him in <laughs> hot swap yeah absolutely yeah um but um but well yeah, uh, uh, until you. then let, let's continue um, exactly uh -huh. Yeah, so I do have a bunch of questions from the community, but I, I, I kind of see these more as just kind of like starting points and then we can like, you know, just talk about whatever yeah. from, from them. And they're really in no particular order. I got a lot of really good questions. We'll likely not get through all of them. So I just want to say thank you to anyone who submitted a question. But um, I think this one's interesting. Um, well, I'm just going to kind of go down this list that I have. Uh, so this one just says, uh, by what were you inspired for Dash's design? And I think the more interesting par part is, uh, how did the creation process go? So, uh, it's really interesting. Like, um, trying to gather my thoughts. Like, Dash, I have like a, I love Dash. Um, I guess because for me, it means so many things. Um, like, uh, Dash was a hero I did before I joined the company, you know. Um, oh. And I, when the, we started the Dash concepts, uh, MJ had already done, like, these sketches for, like, you know, um, the, the base, like, look. And then um, when I started doing the hero art, this is the old one, Inventor Extraordinaire, the original. Uh, yeah. I would start designing the armor and all the stuff, like, building on top of what was there. Um, and then after joining and all this stuff, and I'm really understanding the, the, I guess, the world, um, metrics, the visual identity of our characters and everything, um, getting to do Dash again, um, like multiple times, okay, I got to do Dash in different cards, but then getting to redesign Dash, you know, in a new format, 
um, was it's really amazing. I don't know. It's like a, it just feels like even talk, thinking about it, it's like oh, it's a very nice memory because um, I know I'm starting to ramble now, but um, uh-huh. I always I feel like I have this love hate process with all my art. Um, the start is always really exciting because you have all these like big you know big ideas of oh this is gonna be the best art I've ever done. Everyone starts like this, you know, and then you start researching like you know um different references or you know um you start to think of whatever inspires movies and all that and you get really hyped and then you start and then there's highs and lows where you struggle and all this stuff and then you finish and you're really proud of it but like um for a while i always don't want to look at the artwork because if i look at it too soon after i finish it i'll just see the mistakes oh, i should have done this i could have done this uh, i've oh, now yeah. realized i can do this but then if i come back to it again later i see it um no longer like uh, it's, it's there's been some time and I can appreciate it differently. Yeah, something okay. that's like a something I've done. Yeah. So when I go back and look at my oldest artworks, like something from say 2007, um, they can be technically like terrible, but I can still really like the piece um, because there's all those extra elements. Uh, I, I know what I tried, what I you know all the commercial stuff. Bill, <laughs> there he is. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, um, hold on, everyone. I need to change. The, I need to change the overlay. Okay. But uh, we just scramble. No, we you know what. We can just continue to talk while I while I do this. Okay. Um. Just carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The 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 visual oh. people will just see weird overlay for a minute, but no, no worries. Well, I want to. I do want to comment on what you're saying, though. I think it's really interesting because. Um, as a creative person myself, I don't do art necessarily. I do I do YouTube videos these days, um, mm. but I, I feel like it's there's there's a bit of a parallel there. Except uh, when I go back and look at my videos from t- 2016, I'm like, no, they all suck. No one should ever oh, watch. No. no one should ever watch them because I've grown so much since then. And I think my old mm. videos are like, you know, I, I I've improved and grown so much. I'm like, don't watch the old ones. They they they're 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 garbage. Um, but. Uh, no, I, like, I, I think um, it's, I think it's, uh, but, but at the time when I put them out, I'm like, oh, this is good. Cause it's like, oh, this is the best that I can do. Yeah. So like, no, this is good. Um, so I, I think it's a really interesting, uh, kind of, like I've, I've done that recently as well. Like exactly what, exactly what Sam said, right. I, obviously w- with the spoiler video that I did for this, this, um, this latest set, bright lights, I did one video first. And then I slept on it, rewatched it, and then I changed the entire thing. I know it's not the same level as what you're doing, Sam, but I know the exact same process is you look, you've made something and then you look back at it and you think, oh, okay, I can do this differently or I can do this better. And it is, it is a nice feeling, but also a love-hate relationship, as you were saying, because you like to change things and make it the best version of itself. I guess that's just being a creator, right? <laughs> yeah, and someone who's growing, I guess. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, so, and so, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I just said exactly. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so, uh, why did I ramble there? Oh, it's because, so when I started the new dash, the design for this, um, I like that first stage of like the excitement, you know, and all the, you know, um, uh, I guess the dreams of what could be, what you could add and all you, what you could do. Um, it's really odd because even though we kind of, we, we started bringing these like, you know, kind of more futuristic elements to metrics, like, you know, the cyberpunk stuff. In my mind, like um, the feeling of working on Dash was almost going backwards. Like mm. uh, thinking of like when I was younger and like the anime I liked and stuff, you know? So like I had like a uh, cruel angel thesis from like 
you didn't get it. And like playing nonstop, um, like covers of it on YouTube, all these different versions yeah. while I was drawing. And even though, like, we're not, um, you know, taking the designs from any of these different things, the feeling is like um, what I'm, it's like that, that kind of excitement that's, um, that's driving me to, to design is what's really huge there. So uh, to go, rambling, to go to like Evangelion, I've never seen the series, you know, I've, I've always watched and never finished it. I've seen the movies, um, never finished the news there, once as well. Just There's a lot to be, uh, to be fair. And they just keep <laughs> yeah. doing it and it gets more complicated and like, I yes. don't know, man. But so when I talk about like that kind of the feeling, like my memory of Evangelion is actually a very distinct one from, um, it used to be a, a game of the arcades called Beat Mania. It's hmm. older. Yeah, the buttons and the scratch, the scratch. Yeah, yeah. Pad. Yeah, so you get to like pretend to be a DJ hitting. Yeah, it's like guitar freaks with that uh, guitar manual. But yeah, um, and so as a kid, my friend's brother, older brother, had the emulator for on his on his PC. So I would always go over and play these um, these like downloaded uh, uh, Beat Mania songs, and people would make like in their, their own versions. And that's where I first kind of encountered what I thought to be the first time seeing like anime, like you know, in a more nerdy way. Because someone had made an Evangelion song for it, Crew Angel's thesis, and put in all these clips. And I was seeing it, and it just blew my mind, like the mechs, uh, the characters. So when I talk about, like, um, I'm, like, you know, listening and thinking about Evangelion, it's not even this, the, the show or, like, uh, you know, this larger thing, but just this one little timestamp uh, of mm -hmm. feeling. And I think it goes back to how we were talking about feeling so much on this stuff. Um, like, the feeling is really huge. And, like... When we talk about say like concepting dash, I think early on we already know the feeling we want. We we kind of have a general idea of the look, but then within that I get to kind of play around and kind of uh, I guess explore and put in the things I want. And so when we talk about like uh, how I came to design it, all these old things of like you know old anime, yeah, uh, yeah uh, I don't know like uh, fully coolie like FLCL, oh, all yeah, these yeah. different things. Yeah, you know. All, all these things that oh, don't actually have a, a clear relation yeah, to it, they just come back. Like, um, I think, you know, like uh, you made a comment about like uh, maybe Ghost in the Shell. About I, the, the, I messaged yeah. Sam after I saw his art for Dash Database and I was like, I really love it. And it reminds me of two anime in particular. It reminds me of Ghost in the Shell and also Serial Experiments Lane, both you know, yes. widely beloved anime from like the 90s. And yeah. like, those are the vibes that I got from it. So when you said that, you know, you were kind of rolling with similar vibes. I was like, oh, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I was forced to watch Ghost in the Shell in uni. Oh, and yeah. because I was forced, I didn't, I didn't like properly watch it, you know, like until like later. Um, but all these things are just like in this, what is the word? It's like, I don't know. Like it's just floating around that yeah. became like a, in my mind, this is clear, like, oh, uh, for me at least, like um, this idea of, wow, I can bring in all these like cool cool things I loved as a kid that were like, you know, kind of, I don't know, old, not, not old school, but like, a, has like cyberpunk, you know, yeah, kind of like elements. Yeah. And, um, and even though I think like the final dash maybe doesn't have any of those things in there, um, I feel like it somehow pushed me to it because there's this idea of our world and all these different ideas I have in my mind. But then as I'm doing it, we have Robbie and everyone else chime in as a big creative team as well. So it gets molded into something entirely new i think so very long-winded way to talk about how i think yeah. um, i thought about it coming to it but i guess what i'm saying is i i didn't sit down and go okay 
we want this thing from here, we want this thing from there, you know, and like uh, this kind of process of maybe like picking all these little references or whatever or ideas, but it was just very kind of more ethereal and feeling driven, um, which maybe is not very uh, helpful in a technical sense, but that was the way I thought about it. And it made me very, I was so excited to work on it because it was like I got to ex like uh, access my childhood and, you know, we're good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So usually you never, you never try to sort of imitate another piece of art. It's more like, Influ influences from everything else rather rather than just picking one bit that you like and trying to add that in then picking another bit and adding that in it's basically just your own experiences in a piece of art rather than trying to imitate something else yeah and like kind of asking how does this feel and, so, and, and like i mean right. you could argue that every art is copying off every other art you know um yeah yeah and so yes i'm sure like when i mention all these things you know bits and pieces are like you know i'm getting put in there you know yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not like the the thinking is not using that to drive it, but rather the feeling. Mm. I, I, have, a, I have a weird, ref, like that reminds us of a weird saying. Okay, so it's from Rob Zombie, um, who is a musician. If you don't know who Rob Zombie is, <laughs> yeah. he does like industrial metal. But um, he's in one of my favorite documentaries of all time. It's called Metal, A Headbanger's Journey. He's talking about metal. He's talking about the history of metal. And they're talking about Black Sabbath. And he's basically saying every cool rift has already been made by black sabbath um and i feel that that kind of translates into this art discussion is like sure um it all these ideas already exist but it's just kind of like how you use them for your own means and transform yeah. them into your own thing um because you know it'd be crazy to say that every single song out there is is, is black sabbath but you know um they kind of like helped found the foundation anyway it, it just reminded me of that I sorry yeah. I've not seen that. I've not seen that documentary. So you have to let me know what that. What is it Bro. called? Sorry, it's called Metal: <laughs> A Headbanger's Journey. It is an, an incredible documentary. Um, I, I went through a phase in in college uh, where I, went, I watched like a bunch of documentaries, and that's one of the best ones. That one, Jiro yeah. Dreams of Sushi, and then oh, yeah. uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop are all really good. Um, Exit, Exit no Through the Gift Shop <laughs> is uh, the Banksy one. Um, all right, and then Jiro Dreams of Sushi is just about a dude who makes sushi <laughs> i don't even like yeah. sushi that much and i thought i thought it was fa fascinating um just someone who's just so so like so in love with passion yeah yeah it's yeah, like it's, seemingly simple thing that we don't think of you know? yeah it's like it's, it's inspiring like mm -hmm. it's very good um i think actually oh sorry oh no i was just gonna <laughs> i was just gonna say uh for the audio listeners bill is now here by the way uh, we kind of went through that, so... Uh, oh, oh, yes, we should, yeah. Hey, hey, Bill. Hey, well, Bill. Welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, happy to be here. Sorry for uh, being late. I did mention to uh, the guys that uh, I ended up partying maybe a little bit too hard with some friends <laughs> last night, so... Uh, I can I was hear that in your voice as well. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be here, uh, and I'm already enjoying the conversation so far. Um, this is all stuff that I would have been really interested to ask about anyway, because, uh, I mean, I feel like, you know, at this point, uh, Sam, because Kel just constantly, I think, tries to get this through to you as well. But whenever you put out art for anything, it's always just knocked straight out of the park. Um, Good. like the, yeah, like the work that you do on like Fi on, um, all of the like uh, watercolor sketches for the for the Christmas article, um, the Squeakers Christmas, 
um, all of those, they just had so much life in them. And it's it's just such a I don't know, it's such a unique thing for Flesh and Blood specifically uh, with the amount of raw talent that is there just in general. Um, it's, it's something about uh, about your pieces specifically just just do really tend to sing. So um, but Thank I'll. <laughs> I'll kind of stop there because it, I could I could just gush forever, but you know that's, uh, I just wanted to say my piece <laughs> while I had a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every time I see like art come out from like some of my favorite artists, especially artists that I like know or have connection with, I always like. You know, I, I like how do I put this? Um, I like giving credit where credit is due and celebrating people's triumphs. I'll put it that way because like like when i remember when phi when i first saw the art for phi like both both phi's but in particular the adult phi i was like this looks awesome and i remember making a little post about it that kind of did, did did pretty good on twitter and i tagged sam and i'm like dude this looks amazing um and yeah, i watched your video talk about it too yeah oh yeah it looks so good and i think you mentioned something like i don't remember exactly what you said but you said you you tried some new techniques or, or something along the yeah, line of that and it changed it up uh, yeah. looser, like a little bit more brushstrokey which is uh, kind of new for me because I, I have to make my stuff like a, I, I love um spending a lot of time on pieces which is uh i guess to that thing i was talking about like um i guess obscene amounts of time maybe more than needs to be spent mm -hmm. um so i often i can over refine um you know so, so sometimes i can look at something faster and go ah I should have kept it a bit looser here or there, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, one of the things I spoke to. So I tried to kind of stay on that. Um, hmm. Well, based I on that, I was going to ask. Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're probably on the same the, <laughs> well, same, sort, the, the same sort of thought. But you go first, and if my, not, mine's I ask a little after. mine's a little simpler. I was just curious. Uh, then, how long does it typically take you to to finish a piece? Um, mm. For let, let's say like a professional piece for flesh and blood instead of like your own like you know uh, fan piece or own private piece how how long does it take to do like a professional piece for flesh and blood? Mm -hmm. So if you ask me like uh, I guess a very standard uh, uh, like a general sense like if say you commission me to do an artwork yeah I think a good like a, a good lead time for me to say is give me a month give me you know okay. thirty days um, but. This is where it gets a bit uh, like harder to define because if I think if you ask me to rush something in one week, two weeks, it's doable, but the quality will shake. I think at two weeks, you can get something that looks, for me, I can get some pretty tight, um, but I will have to fall back on things that I already know. So I'm not going to try to explore new materials and stuff because that's, that's always going to be what will take me longer. But the reason it's hard is because um, working with LSS, um, I kind of have this extra luxury to spend a bit more time, you know, because um, I maybe can give myself a bit more lead time. And at the same thing, at the same time, it's also beneficial for the team um, if we take stuff that pushes us, you know, we kind of improve. So yeah. it's almost nice if I take, almost if I take fewer pieces, but try to do something different each time. Um, so to answer the question more honestly, um, for pieces like that, I, like I've spent like two months, you know, okay. um, and yeah, which is obscene. I think it's like a like at some point, maybe after the, at some point, I'm just really uh, revising and changing and just like you know, um, starting to I guess overdo pieces. But then I guess it's good we have to like uh, 
And this relates back to our artists as well. Like, you know, we work co- quite collaboratively with our artists. Uh, we have the rest of the team to go like, hey, um, to, to kind of help direct it a bit so we can pull back or change things. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I spend a long time. But the truth is, um, like my friends would tell you this, even before like uh, this for my own stuff, I always have spent too long on my pieces. <laughs> like uh, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And it's actually to my detriment because... Um, and so it makes me very happy to be doing card art um, before, like when I wasn't and I was trying to like, you know, do social media. Art. It's like totally the wrong way to do it. You know, it's like <laughs> spending like months or, you know, never posting something for like, I don't know, forever. Um, it's yeah. not good. Yeah. Which is what I would do. do, do. Yeah. yeah I was, nice. I was just, yeah, I was just really curious because uh, at this point in time, I've worked with a good number of artists for my own like original things with own original characters. Um, and some of the, uh, artists, well, a good chunk of them have been like artists who've worked on flesh and blood. And usually, um, I'm pretty loose to, I'm pretty easy to work with. I, I think, cause when I work with the artists, I'm just like, unless I specifically have something that's deadline, even then it's usually like a month or month or more. Uh, I'm usually just like, Hey, I just want it to be as cool as possible for everyone. So I don't have a deadline. Just, just go, just go with it. Um, but uh, yeah, it typically ends up being for the pieces that I do about a month ish or so. I, I think I feel like feels a good close. sweet spot there. Yeah, um, because I think yeah, I think most artists, if you push them to, they can create something quickly. But um, there will be less time for it to marinate, for them to come back and fix stuff, or like you know, um, I guess uh, this is where like I guess different people have different abilities, like um, how much they can maybe handle and how critical they are mm. at the time. Um, yeah, I can find myself like losing myself into artwork and not being critical. Then I come back next time, like that was terrible. Like, you know, I should go back a step, you know, like, but you don't realize when you're kind of there, um, which is actually a quite common thing. Like, you know, um, uh, like many artists won't realize something is off while they work on it. So, you know, um, yeah. As I'm sure that, you know, and artists like to go well, old painters would put a mirror behind them. Uh, traditional painters and so once we'll look at the mirror and see it in the new light and realize mm. oh the face is like Ooh. Uh, yeah. so now at least we can flip on the right. on photoshop yeah that, that does make a lot of sense that is interesting um yeah i think i think it is there is something to be said for coming back and looking at it in a new light for sure um uh, i'm mm. not uh I, I used to like to draw uh, i'm i'm fine but you know I don't, I don't have any like actual you know yeah, you showed me I, some i remember yeah, I'm not like the best, but if it's one of those things where I, I maybe could have taken a different path in life and studied art a lot more and re- refined it. My brother did. And he, he's he's pretty good. But um, yeah, I, I do remember like coming back the next day or even like you coming back, you know, a couple hours later and you look at it and you're like, what the hell was I thinking? I thought this was good before. Now uh, it doesn't look yes. good at all. Or but you, you, well, you someone points it out and it just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Your world comes crashing down. For me, I'm like, I'm like hypercritical a lot of the stuff that I do. So like, Mm -hmm. um, I'll be like, no, this, this is terrible. Like this sucks. Like, what am I, what was I doing? I need to be better than this. Um, Mm -hmm. that extends to a lot of my, a lot of the stuff that I do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's interesting. Um, Actually, on that note, I'm just going to ramble again. Yeah. Um, but the thing about coming back to the pieces and like, uh, liking them, I feel like, um, more and more I'm able to do it now, um, where I'm able to remember what I was trying to do. Um, so for example, um, 
like uh, I like kind of trying to push the gestural stuff, dynamic stuff, and that means sometimes breaking um, realism a bit, as if you have like a weird lens warping or something, you know, uh, or exaggerate something if you were seeing an animation. Like you know, if you freeze the animation frame, sometimes it's like crazy. Right. Um, but so in trying to do that, some some anatomy and stuff just to break, you know, and some things go off. And so like I have a good buddy, um, uh, David March. Uh, who is a 3D artist, so he who does lots of like uh, modeling. So he's mm. really like a he knows the anatomy stuff real well. So if I show a finished piece of mine, he often go, "Oh, legs funny, or this is wrong, you know, whatever." And I'll be like, "Ah, oh, you know, <laughs> pulling my my hair out." But like the I guess the the part that makes me actually be able to see the same piece and still go like, "Oh, there's something beautiful there." Is remembering that I tried to do something that pushes it. And maybe something broke along the way, but maybe a certain other feeling was whether I captured it or not, you know, that there's another feeling that I was, I guess, aiming for. And it's like, a, it's nice to think about. So like in that same way, it doesn't mean that there are mistakes, the mistakes are there, you know, um, but I can see in this, in the, um, in a nice way, almost like um, being able to appreciate the, uh, the, the same artwork for like um, what it stands for or the feeling it gives rather than just a technical piece, which is what I will easily beat myself up, you know, like, oh, uh, brush economy is not good, or whatever kind of, yeah, what technical thing you want to... Speaking of technical things, right, um, as an artist now, do you still draw, like, on paper analogue, or is it more sort of all digital uh, stuff going forward? So I know there's a mixture. You can do things on, like, iPads and that now, and I I, I couldn't even even try and like i've got a little like a little phone here which a little pen pops out of the bottom of it like this look you can see that and whenever i try and draw on this it's absolutely awful i'm rubbish <laughs> how do you how do you do that let me let me get i'm, I'm gonna guess because i haven't done this but i know a lot of i have a lot of artist friends now um some of them are like very good friends some of them are anime artists some of them are not like good friend uh Han Chu's anime artist, but she also did like the card back design for me and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I know a lot of artists are digital these days and they have like these, I don't know what they're called, but they have like these special drawing board pad things. I don't know what they're called, but I know they're expensive and I know they have them. Yeah. And that's what I've seen a lot of folks use, but I'm not entirely sure. So yeah, I'll toss it to Sam. Right. Um, I, I just do digital. Like um, I, I'll sketch if there's like just paper around, but I, um, I've gotten so like a uh, familiar, like I've gotten so used to the uh, computer now that it's like a uh, there's too big of a difference. Like uh, for fun sketching, but if I want to do something like um, further, I I'm so used to using all the different tools, so it handicaps me doing traditional. Um, but yeah, there's those pads people use. Um, iPads actually is really good. The iPad has like such good uh, feedback, like it doesn't lag. And it feels oh, okay. the lag on some of these tablets, um, mm. these kind of laptop tablets, the lag kills the feeling. And the reason I'm saying that is you were talking about um, like maybe being able to get the lines the way you want it to. I, I think there's a certain um, there's some ways around it. Like if you if you try on your phone or any such thing to draw a line really slowly, you'll find on the computer often it's very jittery. It feels bad. Um, you can just use smoothing like in the tools settings to help that, but. The, the workaround is drawing with like um, this kind of momentum. So I, and later on, we can do a little drawing um, and I can just yeah. quickly show you there. It's like kind of you're drawing with like a kind of momentum, like a, to throw the thing so that you get the smooth lines. Um, 
Yeah. But you're but you're still but you're still drawing with your hand rather than like a mouse on the computer. Yeah, with hand. Yeah. Right. Mouse okay, is, yeah. Yeah. Crazy high level. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna. That's, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Like, how yeah. do they do it? But it is still. Oh, yeah. Oh. Still. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Oh. Yes. Um. I guess a little bit on that vein, then. Um. But not. But not quite. Uh, just talking a little bit outside of uh, Flesh and Blood. Do you do any other art outside of Flesh and Blood? Um, and uh, are there any? Is there a particular place that the viewers and listeners can go to see what other artwork you have done? So I guess this is a this is a opportunity to promote all your socials, but also like, do you do any like uh, fan art or any personal personal work uh, outside of Flesh and I Blood? I used to. I used to more recently. I haven't. Like I've done all just Flesh and Blood stuff. Um, and that's maybe, so I get um, some messages and emails once in a while, like asking about commissions. And I always feel bad turning them down um, because almost all the t- anytime I, I give myself to do art, um, I want to just use that to do more flesh and blood. <laughs> like, you know. Um, I understand. Yeah. Um, and I think because bef- like uh, prior to this, I was like trying to do more social media kind of art, like, you know, some, some, uh, stuff I, I really love cartoony stuff as well because I come from an animation background. Um, but uh, being able to do like the flash of a card art, like you know, I that's been like a yeah, it keeps me very satisfied, like satiates the hunger. So I just go all in on that. Um, so I haven't been doing much other art. Um, I think it may be in the future if I do, uh, fan art's fun to do, like of whatever you're into at the time, you know, I guess it's an emotional draw. Um, but then I'd be keen to do some like, you know, personal project stuff. But at the same time, when I think of those things, I, I kind of want to think of them in sets or in sets, like um, maybe a set of a certain number of artworks. So I don't actually see myself doing that anytime soon, you know, like I imagine I have to put a sizable amount of time, you know, chunk of time to doing it properly and stuff. Um, yeah, I do remember seeing some of your your older stuff. On socials, like I remember seeing, like you have like some like Witcher cartoony yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, Witcher, yeah. Yeah, well, Witcher's yeah. pretty good. So, but yeah, um, but actually, to that point as well, um, it kind of links back to what I was saying about like the flesh and blood, blood art, where for me, I get to, I kind of, I'm doing what, so I get to kind of push myself a little bit. Mm. So in, it's like I'm in this lucky spot where I get to kind of almost like do that I want to do. And it goes into a cut. I, you know, like it's it's, yeah. it's just the it's, it's the go to immediately of like how I should spend my art time. Nice. I guess you're all you're always adding to that that world as well. And the more you add to that world, the more it fleshes it out for everybody else who's involved with it as well, right? The players, you know, everybody else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it feels yeah, it feels it satiates that hunger to create, you know, or like um whatever hunger yeah. I had to create my own worlds or characters. It kind of yeah, get to do it in there, which is cool. So yeah. within like yeah. So the second part to that question, I think this can lead it to a funny conversation we were having before we started the podcast. But uh, is there oh, any particular yes. place that the folks out there can see the your artwork just in general, other artwork? So what what kind of social medias do you post on, or can they go um, see your like your back catalog? I guess. Cool. Uh, so I'm on Art Station. I'm on Twitter so, uh, and Instagram. I guess Twitter X. Um, I'm, I'm, I keep basically disappearing off social medias for like half a year <laughs> at a time and then appearing for a while. But recently I've been getting into Twitter um, because it's interesting. Um, 
like I was talking about the social media stuff before, like Instagram, where you post artworks, you know, um, I, and I don't post often. I like, you know, try to make these big pieces. Like it's very inactive for me, but Twitter um, with our community are quite, quite lively there. It's very nice because there's this conversation. Like, so yeah. finally I'm understanding Twitter now. So I'm, I've been really into it. I've been, uh, so I, I've actually told a few people who have like been trying to find me on Insta to come to Twitter instead to like just DM me on Twitter. Um, um, there more. I'm still trying to post on social uh, Instagram, but you can find me in all of those uh, as, as just Sam Yang Art. Um, and I guess that leads into that yeah. other discussion. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll kind of I'll kind of lead into this. So yes, you can find Sam on Twitter at, at Sam Yang Art, not at Sam Yang, because there's another artist <laughs> called Sam Yang who also does very very beautiful art. He's a very very skilled artist. Also named Sam Yang at Sam Yang, um, and uh, people confuse the two, which I think is very funny. And um, even people in the Flesh and Blood community confuse the yes. two. Even the Flesh and Blood Art House Syndicate conf- <laughs> confused the two, and they linked yes. to the other Sam Yang. And then I had to be like, "No, you want Sam Yang art? He's the one from Flesh and Blood. The other Sam Yang is this other artist." Um, yeah, so I, I just think it's, I think it's just really. I think it's kind of funny that there's like so many like really talented artists named uh, Sam Yang and like you get confused b- between yeah. them. There's so many. So when I, there's actually there's that Sam Yang um, uh, and then there's also another uh, slightly older Sam Yang uh, who used to work at Blizzard and then oh. um, went to Riot. I don't know if they still at Riot, but so um, my entire life there's always been Sam Yangs all around, like artist Sam Yangs. And so... Um, you you guys might actually know the older Sam Yang, so he he was one of the early guys who did like um kind of fan art fan art like digital. Uh, he did like three D Pokemon and he made them kind of like a little bit more serious. Um, and it was really like I guess it was it popped off. Um, so I clearly remember finishing uni. Um, and then my mum searching my name and seeing that Blizzard Sam Yang's artwork, three uh, D art. And my mom couldn't really tell the difference. So she's telling me, like, this Sam Yang is so much better than you. You need to change your name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it's a different, it's 3D, blah, blah, blah. But it's really nice. Like, um, I actually, I got to know that Sam Yang. Like, um, when I started posting stuff in some art channels on Facebook and things, we actually found each other. And I could, I got to tell him that story. And, you know, it was very nice. Um, but, yeah, I've also seen, like, other up-and-coming, like, newer Sam Yangs. There's just so many of them. But I was saying, uh, Cal, Cal did, um, I think you did reply to someone saying, oh, yeah, I think you were looking for the Sam Yang. Yeah, yeah. Nice. There, Thank you. But support I, all the Sam Yangs. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, just, I just went and looked up on Twitter the, the, the one Sam Yang who's got, he's got quite, quite the following here on Twitter. Uh, yeah. His is, uh, he's at Sam Does Arts. Um, and I'm and I, and I look, I'm looking at it and there's a whole bunch of flesh and blood people following him probably because mm-hmm. they think it's you. <laughs> Because it's being yeah, followed yeah. by like Jacob Bertrand, three floating. Um, I may or I may or may or not be one of those people. But <laughs> and then there's some some artists that some other artists that I that I actually know who who are following them. But I think for different reasons. Like uh, Amelia Tan is 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 following them. But I think that that's yeah. because you know she's also an, uh, a very skilled artist. Mm. But um, yeah, that, that yeah. Sam is like really um popular right like right now um he like i think he does like youtube uh he's really big on youtube he does like uh yeah. i guess tutorials and you know, how to's and all that there's a lot of really like pre- there's a lot of like pretty ladies uh, i can see why people yeah. really like his art yeah i'm like this looks cool he's and, pretty pretty lady with a sword yeah 
Yeah, so I've seen on the Discord, I think I was telling earlier, I've seen on the Discord someone mentioned a, a set that was in Dust to Dawn, and they said, like, this is the most Sam Yang art I've seen. I can't believe it's not him. But I, I knew they're thinking of that yeah. Sam Yang because it's yeah. very, it has this kind of lighting situation. And because he does these really nice, like, warm, like, light glows on, like, you know, pretty faces. And, and yeah, very funny. It's just always, always yeah. this is Sam Yang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figured we should just bring it up just because I thought it was kind of funny. Um, but. Yeah, there's a like I said, there's a lot of just really really talented artists uh, named named Sam Yang. Um, yeah, support him. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, speaking, well, I guess it doesn't translate or doesn't uh, segue that well. But uh, this person is asking what your biggest artistic inspirations are. Though I guess we talked a little bit about them before. You we mentioned you're drawing some inspirations from like uh, your feeling from that the Evangelion thing that you that you were. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I guess this this is multi. This person asks a bunch of questions. Um, so what are your biggest artistic inspirations? This is the first part, and then they ask, do artists ever pitch illustrations or concepts that later become cards? I think that's completely separate from the first question. And then um, basically, what this person is getting at is they understand the need for brand unity. Uh, and like cohesion, I guess is what they mean among all the art. But they really hope to see some more fun alt arts like your head jab art in the future. Right. So I guess they want to know what your inspirations are, probably most in relation to that head jab art. And then, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so there was a middle question. Was it something like, did the artists ever pitch art themselves? Yeah. Like, do, is that meaning like to us and then it becomes a card? Do artists ever pitch okay. illustrations or concepts that later become cards? Um, I think they're asking if artists ever make a suggestion and then it becomes a card. Um, uh, yeah. Personally, what I know about making card games, I don't think that's true, but I mean, maybe Sam can have yeah. a little bit more insight on that. Oh, um, yeah. So even for like Hedjap, the the comic style, um, that was like Robbie's direction. Like, you know, he, he said, hey, let's try this thing um, before I was part of the creative team. But um I think generally because like we were saying, like yeah, like you were saying too, uh, like you, you guessed, um, there is this really tight uh, like uh, kind of discussion that happens early already, Robbie, James, and the uh, and you know, the game is designed, all this kind of stuff. Um, that doesn't typically happen, um, not to this full extent of they pitch an idea. Um, because we work collaboratively, like, um, and uh, some artists like really thrive when they're given more freedom there's this there's always this little dance that can happen where you know hey this is cool and we can push this direction but kind of always collaboratively where we are still kind of making sure like um like maybe they uh they mentioned sticking to the overall uh the, you know the correct world branding vi and all that stuff um so i would say to my memory no um but yeah um i mean it's an interesting case, um, yeah, uh, because like, you know, we as a team, we're always trying to grow and like learn and stuff as well. So I'm just imagining a situation where, you know, such discussion were to take place, you know, I can imagine. Um, I guess it would okay. just be like, you know, if if maybe in this scenario, like you're, you're all doing your thing. I don't know how the office looks like. You know, in the LSS office, they have a but new, if someone they have a new so office actually, <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, Ian um, said that. Yeah, 
But it's like if if someone from the design team was to walk into the creative area, right, and mm. and they and they see a piece of art, like they're like, oh wow, what is that piece of art? We should make a card based on that. Has that has that, has that ever happened when they've walked in oh. and be like, oh that 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 art looks good. Maybe mm. we should make a card based on that. What what's, what what's, what is that scene? What is that piece of art telling us? You know that that that's the sort of thing I imagine they're getting at in this question. Mm. From what I know, no, um, no because yeah. I mean I'm, I'm not around to to witness that, but I imagine this is all James and Robbie. You know, or it would go back to James and Robbie, and they would just make a decision. Um, exactly. But yeah. I don't. Yeah, um, I don't think that happens. Yeah, because right. it's such a firm direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, direction's already set as as you said earlier. Yeah, it's already yeah. been decided, isn't it? Yeah, and you're just focusing yeah. on it. I think so, but there is, I guess, that question because it's quite broad. Um, mm. In the sense that we're collaborative, you know, uh, it's like we're not shut off to um, things that the artist brings, like their own flavor when it works, you know. But um, to the extent of like changing everything, I don't think that happens. Hmm. Um. A bit to that question, and this also ties into another question that I'm that I'm just uh, seeing here. It says, uh, "What art pieces and artists currently working are you most influenced or inspired by?" Mm, this is the hardest question always. Yeah. Uh, when I was when I was um, when I was teaching, I would keep telling everyone to like um, make a make a really defined like board of like who your favorite artists are and who your influences because then you then you can truly like nerd out and really like know what area to almost almost specialize in you know or like to give yourself direction but then whenever i'm asked the same question I'm, i don't know um and i think it goes back to what i was talking about with dash um i can name artists that i i followed as i was coming up like I, as i was talking about learning like really really trying to start learning to paint and stuff, all the different people I looked at. There's people like um, Bobby Chu, Dave Raposa. Oh, yeah. Um, there's the the old school artists like Frazetta and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? uh, yeah. That, and then, but I guess one thing is, um, uh, well, not one thing, but at this, like nowadays, I kind of, I like checking out Art Station or wherever and seeing the, the cool like top trending pieces but i kind of almost i'm not thinking of like artists but just pieces i remember which are cool and it's hard to pick out but i, I feel like uh, if you give me time i could pick out like oh this is our this is that artwork and it's almost like a all over the place but the inspiration i think more than anything is like the thing i mentioned with dash so like um like movies i liked um you know things that i've picked up along like you know uh, not just when i'm doing art but just overall you know uh, various kind of things um to give some examples, actually, like, uh, uh, can you swear on this podcast? We're like Absolutely. an hour into it. Sure. The YouTube, the YouTube algorithm only like catches like the first okay. 20, 20 seconds anyway. But, okay. but also if you're, if you're listening to this and maybe you have a kid or whatever, eh, just know we're going to might swear in the next few minutes. So oh, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't have to. So, okay. Um, I'll just say we, um, we sometimes do. I, it's it's hard. I, both Az and I actually swear a lot, like outside okay. of content, and so sometimes it's a form of expression, isn't it? It's expression. And sometimes <laughs> it just kind of sometimes it kind of slips through. <laughs> so don't, yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Cool. Uh, yeah. So um, there's a, a famous line from Ava. I'm actually blanking out. Let me search now. Um, to get in the so, robot, <laughs> get in the uh, Kenji well, get in the um, robot. No, it's uh, it's the one. Um, 
that Ripley shouts to the alien uh, to get away from the cat. Uh, oh. Yes. I thought you said uh, Ava. I thought you said Evangelion. Oh, sorry. Uh, alien. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, hold on. Let me look yeah. it up. Uh, I could try to find it. it. Oh, it's, it's get away from her. Okay, so it's, it's get away from her, you bitch. bitch. Yeah. Get away from her, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, who said that? That was like so, so perfect. <laughs> Was that, was that Bill? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I thought it was a recording that just played. Um, but so I saw in the Discord um, when when uh, Mechanoid was released, yeah. uh, someone said, "I'll play this if I get to shout if I get to shout this line while I play it." And like I had that kind of like alien in my in my mind when I was you know, so like when I was trying to think of this like kind of machine, the, the feeling here is kind of like you know, uh, I had like that kind of as inspiration you know uh, so when i saw that it made me really happy because like someone was like hey made him think of that thing um <laughs> yeah yeah that one is actually one may where maybe uh there's more like a, a more direct inspiration you can see you know i, I put like a thing here um yeah which is like what they wear in that little like oh, you know that's a little I visor i kind of have yeah. a power suit up here for the the visual people <laughs> it, it's the power suit that she's wearing in the movie looks a lot like yes. the nitro mechanoid yeah it's the, but that comes oh, down cool. but like so the feeling there like in my mind so when i'm thinking of that it's like i'm thinking the way it moves like it's it's like kind of the idea there you know yeah and so like this the thing that comes right on top like it's like you should see in the in the mechanoid it's different but like the it like it's almost the second thing that just oh maybe i can have a little, little cool shape like you know of a visor that comes down um but the feeling motion and maybe how i'm thinking of the yeah is is like hmm. drawing from these things actually, yeah. i actually have a really good follow-up question to that as well um so this person wants to know what your favorite movies books or just general entertainment are what are your like must sees uh i really like horror movies oh um, yeah dude but I don't think they like they really I pull them into like I feel like the art I do is not not kind of that kind of. Stuff. Oh, there's no. got to be a, there's got to be a horror flesh and blood set in the future. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, I would love to see some some horror art from you, Sam. Oh, so your oh, art yeah. is so like colorful and like even yeah, even yeah. like even like the more like I don't know like the. I don't want to say scarier, but the more like brutal looking characters like Fi looks pretty intense. It's still very like colorful and yeah um, yeah. yeah. Not, yeah, not, like, not that stuff. Not like gory. I, I think uh, we've mentioned him before, and I don't know. If, I don't know if he's listening to the podcast now. But shout out to Henrik Lidner. Yeah, he would be baller yeah. at that kind of stuff. His his I art is so very like yes. very very horror. You know, pilled. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. What's your okay? Um, what, what's your favorite horror movie? If if you have one, or maybe maybe not your favorite, just one that comes to mind. Yeah, first. one that I like. Yeah. Um, oh, ones that I like. I guess. And the more recent ones, um, I like. Uh, uh, I really like it. Follows Ooh. actually. It's a really interesting take on on like a horror movie. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, actually I like horror movies because this is like this chance to explore some really interesting like uh, premises. And yeah. so I feel that's really cool. Um, I mean, everyone likes Hereditary. That was like I thought really good. Hereditary, oh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. 
my, this is going to sound really snobby. This is going to sound very much like uh, I'm back in college because I mentioned this oh, before, but I have a Mr. degree in film. Degree. I have a degree in film. Yeah. I actually studied horror films um, a decent amount because uh, they offered the classes and I was like, hey, let's do it. I went to the uh, University of Oregon, by the way, and I took multiple classes on horror films, one of them specifically on uh, Asian horror films. Mostly when I say Asian, they focus most on Korean and Japanese. But um <laughs> Yeah, I really like the horror films that you can have a good discussion about after you watch it. And those yes, are those are my yeah. favorite ones where you can sit and just talk about like. So uh, one of my favorites is um, A Tale of Two Sisters. And uh, I think it was Sungwoon Park film. It's it's a Korean horror film. Asian one? Yeah. yeah um, they remade it. If in the U.S. called The Uninvited, it's not as good. Obviously, you should watch Tale of Two Sisters. But what I love about it is and this is not really a spoiler is at the end of the movie, you pose the question you're like wait what what parts of the movie were real and what parts of the movie were like oh. in the character's mind and then like you can actually have a good discussion about like mm. what you think was actually real and what what wasn't real and i just highly recommend going to watch the, watch oh, the movie it's so good. Just, i haven't seen i've seen the the post like the cover, cover for it. yeah it's yeah. just it's a it's a movie well it's a horror movie so it's not pleasant it's a movie about loss and trauma and dealing with that and then maybe ghosts and some other stuff i don't know i'm not gonna spoil it but there's some pretty terrifying scenes in that mm -hmm. in that movie some of the ones that i remember is like the, the girl's like lying she's trying to sleep and lying in her bed and the door just crack cracks open a little and you see like this pov she's like hiding behind the covers you see the door crack open and then she like goes under so the screen goes black and then she goes up a little bit and then you see like a tiny top of a head start to go up the base of the bed and then she like goes under the covers and it goes up and the head starts like i don't know i don't want to spoil it too much but it's really good mm. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I guess because there's like a like um because i started animation like there's a little bit of film stuff in there but not to the extent of like what you would have done but i guess horror requires some of these like interesting creative uses of like framing that yes. How you write the timing, the pacing, all this to make it work, and it can yeah. so easily go wrong. So it's they can you can appreciate it when it's done like nicely or like creatively as well. Yeah, they're forced to do it, especially when so there, there's been like this trend over the last quite a while actually in, in film and just you know um, digital motion media in general like YouTube, uh, you know movies where people tend to have a much you know. Um, let's just say a lower attention span and typically and, and even in like popular youtube videos the the cuts between shots are very fast usually you only have like you know 10 to 15 seconds between <clears throat> between cuts you'll have a scene it'll cut to another person it'll cut to whatever cut 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 like it's just like snap 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 go 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 but some horror films that i really really like so much are the ones that can understand the power of a very long shot and that they can really capitalize on that and it builds a lot of tension and some of the the, the most horrific scenes i've i've seen are, are like all taken in one shot and it feels so real because it feels like you're just you're a bystander watching it rather than it cutting close and cutting back and forth which is why yeah. stuff stuff like um more modern horror gore fest type stuff like saw whatever um to me, it doesn't feel as real because I can I understand the language of films and I mean, it sounds it sounds so pretentious, like I'm talking out of my ass. But um, but, but but they cut between the <laughs> shots so frequently that I can tell like this is a movie. This isn't real. Like, you know, cut to their, right. their eye getting stabbed, cut to whatever. It's just like 
the stuff you wouldn't you see, see. the tricks being employed yeah. like a, but yeah, like the... there's um there's a movie called sympathy for mr vengeance that's brutal it's a brutal movie and there's like these scenes where like they just get under my skin it's like someone's getting like beat to death but it's like such a long scene and there's no cuts and it just looks real it looks like you're just watching it looks like you're just someone watching it and we're getting into the kind of the weeds i realized but uh that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're doing the rambling thing, but I like it. But yeah, I guess yeah. I, I started it by saying all these movie references. Um, I should mention too that I guess because I've been mentioning like, hey, uh, you know, this show or that movie, um, that it's uh, like, hopefully people can see that with, you know, I'm not taking like a, that thing and pulling it across as like an inspiration among many other things. Yeah. I, I, shouldn't have to say that yeah i I think that's i think that's true for any like creative person (laughs) or whatever like even even if uh like for like me for example for making youtube videos i have uh youtubers that and content creators that i very much like and respect but me personally i don't try to directly copy anyone but i'd like to maybe you know incorporate styles or just kind of like vibes from various from various people that i that i really like and so there's some people who that I would like to emulate, but I don't, I don't think I can because uh, they just put far, far too much work into it. Like uh, uh, as mentioned, Chris Broad from Abroad in Japan, those dudes, every video he makes is like a, you know, S tier documentary about like, I don't know, eating food in Shinjuku or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> but like his, his cinematography is like so good. The guy is like, oh, God, anyway, yeah. anyway, um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think, I think a lot of just the way people are both creatively and maybe even not creatively are inspired by the things around us rather than just any one particular yeah. thing. I think so. Um, and it's cool. I, actually, this is like more the case for me. Um, some, for some reason, maybe I feel like for the metric stuff, so when we think about Dash mm-hmm. and like all the mechanoid, this is for some one area where I feel like I can suddenly pull in all these like, you know, other things. Um, feels like for me on a personal level, like doing the, the artwork, the kata, more so than like the other ones. Um, like, I'm not sure why. Maybe because maybe because of like the steampunk slash cyberpunk thing has so many like, uh, I guess pop culture like, um, mm. I guess uh, like strong iconic elements. You know that that are just so cool. Like it's like burnt into the like this idea of like. Um, uh, I was like for for um, database like that kind of visual. It's like I feel like you could show it to like people people even if they don't know Ghost in the Shell or something, they have this idea of like what this is. You know, like this kind of yeah. uh, data space thingy. Um, I'm blanking on the word for this. Um, uh, yeah, it's but, it's used in a lot of like yeah exactly what you're saying. It's used in a lot of like pop culture um like cyberpunk ips and stuff like even in if people are familiar with like the the cyberpunk 2077 video game there are parts not really a spoiler where you go into like cyberspace right and it visualizes you as kind of like a weird cyber ghost thing um Mm. like it's the part like has to do with like the black wall and all that kind of stuff but um, yeah, like the Matrix as well. The Matrix is just like ingrained in people's culture, isn't it? These days, the Matrix yes. was like pioneering for when it was, and that's yeah. the whole sort of green code going down the screen. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, and mm. 
and then of course everything like it feeds into itself because like we were talking about like ghost in the shell i'm pretty sure the the wachowskis were heavily inspired by yeah. stuff like yeah. ghost in the shell and all, all yeah all there's all these stuff. little homages like all within this especially in this kind of field like this kind of i guess because it's like this sci-fi fantasy field field where you're making up so many things yeah it's like there's all these little cool things you can it's like um, actually i think of like old fallout games and stuff you know they really have all these little interesting you know like uh nerd details like references to pop culture and other, hmm. you know yeah. so so i do have a question here that i'm gonna skip over a couple that i think we should go back on but this one does tie oh. into that so this person is asking this this has to do with metrics in particular actually um and, and bright lights and kind of like uh an aesthetic i don't know change is the white right word i'll just read what they said so it says prior to bright lights metrics and the mechanologist aesthetic leaned heavily steampunk can you describe how the updated blended steampunk slash cyberpunk aesthetic came about and were there any particular challenges involved with this uh change um so this is like not not my area this is like something that again like you know uh, i guess james probably discuss uh, they work out um and then it comes to me um but i guess one thing uh challenges face and stuff uh, was that challenges face yeah were there any particular challenges involved with this kind of like um alternate or updated visual design mm. i'm trying to think of it from a from an art perspective um because that's what i was concerned with you know yeah um Oh, and, you know what? Maybe a better, a better or way to do this is relating it to the new Dash Hero. So, like Dash IO, like mm-hmm. how about re- more relating it to like updating the old Dash design to the new Dash design? Maybe that is a better way to put it. Yeah. Well, so actually, if we were to do like almost this, uh, the, the challenge is like for Dash, I feel like I had this freedom to kind of push it more. You know, like a it went a bit, quite a bit more high tech, but the challenge actually sits more in um, when those things meet. So like when you see the world in some of our scenes and our cards and it combines like steampunk elements with cyberpunk stuff, that's where the challenge actually kind of met sometimes. Um, because uh, I, th- I think if I mention steampunk and I mention cyberpunk immediately, everyone has a kind of idea of maybe even a color palette, uh, some visual language elements, you know, that maybe kind of, Hypes you'd see for steampunk maybe yeah. versus uh, the kind of layer you might see in a cyberpunk thing or the kind of grunge added to that. Um, so it's bringing those things across, um, uh, which was a challenge. But I think for me, again, like going back to because there's so many things all around to draw from uh, for this, is it was super fun. Um, uh, but yeah, it was difficult at times because, um, like I was saying, how we were collaborating collaboratively with our artists you know trying to hit that right feeling um was sometimes you know it took a bit more um but i i worry am i answering the question do you think the way they were asking because i felt like maybe they were asking were they asking from a narrative kind of standpoint which is i guess not my domain but um just trying to make double check yeah i mean it seems like part of it you can't really answer or don't don't so one of it says, uh, can you describe how the updated blended steampunk cyberpunk aesthetic came about? But it seems like uh, that came from like Robbie and, and James. Yeah, and well, I can you. say that like um, uh, what what is the, I guess, the idea, um, the general idea mm-hmm. uh, I have in mind thinking about it and what like I guess we discuss. Yeah. 
it's like that that mixing is ex exactly what it uh, sounds like too it's this mixing of like you know um this old and new where the old tech like the steampunk stuff uh is thought of to be like more more resistant more reliable you know um less i guess affected by like a magic in the world where our like modern stuff is is a bit like i guess uh um less comparatively less hardy maybe more uh more potentially disruptable by you know the magics uh in you know the broader world yeah um, so i guess that's the way we think of it uh, and so like i guess this does character design a little like the art a little bit it's not a clear like idea of uh one one clearly being superior um i mean this here actually is me talking a bit out of you know what could be because I, it's just by my personal thinking about the like how i think about when i do the art but yeah it's uh, i'm not thinking of it as like you know clear upgrade it's like this merging of yeah things. actually really interesting i i watched an interview with james a couple of weeks ago when he was on the affidia i have a affidia podcast and i didn't realize oh, yeah this. i saw that one too I didn't realize this about the way the mechs and metrics worked, and maybe I missed this in the lore, uh, or maybe they didn't t touch upon it yet. But uh, I didn't know the mechs didn't work outside of metrics, because that's that's what James said. He's like, uh, he's like the the big robot mechs and stuff. They don't work when they get far away from metrics, because metrics is kind of like how they are powered, basically. Like they get their power from the city. So he's like, someone asked, like, oh, why didn't why didn't you know why don't you see mechs in like the Savage Lands or Solana, and he's like, well, they're too far away from their power source. They wouldn't work. And I was like, okay. I mean... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that kind of is like tying to this idea of like uh, how how this kind of tech stuff like, uh, I guess, behaves around the broader like magical world. Um, but yeah, that's an area uh, I, I don't want to say the wrong, give the wrong narrative about this. Right. <laughs> but, but there is kind of, yeah, you know, there is this kind of, I guess, um, idea as far as i know um but that is yeah not my not my yeah well yeah well and speaking of regions then uh what what region of wraith is your favorite to depict and uh the, I, i'm sure you can't answer this part but any teases for the art direction of areas we <laughs> haven't seen yet anytime i read a question <laughs> like that i know i know they're not going to be able to to answer it when people yes. ask stuff like that for like <laughs> For like Brian or or anyone on, I'm mm -hmm. like, there's no way they're gonna answer this. Yeah, yeah, I'll just say no. But for the yeah. first part, um, yeah. I love metrics, and I think I, I guess I'd be repeating the same thing because like uh, all that kind of uh, it's a chance for me to put all this nerd stuff, you know, like uh, yeah, from all this. You know what? I, I have I have a I have a follow up question of my own to that. Then, is there any region that you would really love to draw that you haven't done yet? Um. um or more of, I guess maybe, maybe you've, maybe you've dabbled in all, all of them, but is there any region that you'd like to draw more of that you haven't done? Mm. Yeah. So we're talking about like, um, I guess as an illustrator, right, doing the card art and stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually, personally, I love like, um, paintings that can achieve a very like, kind of almost like a light faded look mm -hmm. that isn't bland. I don't know if that is, maybe sounds really weird um, but like a like a painting that that has maybe lots of use of whites but within that lots of many like many colors that give it large range um, yeah. so it's very interesting i love that stuff so i actually really love um solana context okay. but i also don't like 
I always don't enjoy doing um, a lot of like kind of uh, the the typical uh, I guess knights kind of drawings. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because I I love those pieces. I love looking at them. Like some of my favorite pieces are those, you know. Um, but at the same time, it's something that I don't get into. So maybe if I can dabble more, uh, like maybe it's an area I'd like to to like learn. Um, because if this is if this is a certain look, I can catch it with it. I want to do it, but um, not sure if I know how to like not not really even know what I want to do with it. But yeah, I want to do more of that if I could find kind of look. I I can definitely yeah. see that um, when looking at your art. I. I don't remember if I mentioned this during the podcast or beforehand, but I was saying that uh, one of the things I really love about Sam's art and just my favorite artists in general are um, how I could pick out their art um, from from a bunch of different like it's very it's instantly recognizable. And I think Sam's art is definitely instantly recognizable. And you definitely do go towards a specific I don't even want to say color palette's not the right right word. It's like a general vibe, right? I, I kinda of want to say pastel, but it's not pastel. You just have like this this general vibe of this kind of like I don't I don't know how to describe it. Semi faded look. Yeah. Like yes. yeah. It it feels um, like like retro but not but more in vibe than context if that makes sense uh, so when i hear you say that makes you very happy cool yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah that's a nice i'd like to do yeah 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 this is painting um i can't remember by who i've just um i've just it's a it's a guy's feet on like cobblestone but it's all white the feet are like pale almost like um super pale and so because it's very pale you can see the colors of the veins and everything kind of coming through slightly so it's actually really colorful even though it's white and then the cobblestones are white but because of the reflections everywhere it somehow looks very like um it looks very powdery yet has colors and it's just mm-hmm. uh, i don't know who did it but it's like a that's a really beautiful picture to me because it's hard to do that and not make it just um and to still give it a, a good con like value range and color range and be interesting very easy for it to become like a, a feel bad piece you know yeah it's like it also it almost reminds me of like looking at um a really old painting right where like the colors aren't like as super vibrant as maybe they once were so they've kind of just muted just a little bit but that's yeah. kind, kind of kind of the vibes that i get yeah yeah this is a weird line because i think almost like you mentioned about like um in film when you can see that like something some Typical or cheap tricks being employed. Yeah. You can see them paintings too. I, I, I don't think it's cheap, but there's um there's go-tos people use. Um, like it used to be a big trend to just desaturate things to get a cinematic look to mimic you know to mimic film. Um, right. Uh, or like use chromatic aberration or lens flares, like which gets called out more now, but which looks good um, used properly. But it's also a tool that people fall back on. So, but when it's done right, you get this really like you know beautiful. Um, yeah, I guess new new ones take. I always this is a weird tangent, but I always think it's funny when I watch uh, any of the like, I don't know those those kind of like those shows that you'll see on like the Travel Channel or um, History Channel or whatever, where they're like following someone. It's like a documentary style, but then they show like a top drone shot of their car driving or a little coming. I'm like, who the hell got that shot? Like. 
Someone had to like stop, get out of the car, set up the drone so they could get a shot of the car driving, right? Like yeah. they don't just get it. Someone had to get this shot. So that that you know stuff like that, I I always think about that take, takes me out of like stuff. I'm always thinking about like, oh, how how did they you know physically yeah. get this shot? Yeah, you realize this like this these awkward conversations that actually break the entire mood that are happening off yeah. screen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like when when they're like oh they discover something new or whatever but they get it from like a the pov of the item and i'm like wait you had to put the camera behind yeah. the thing to set it up so you could get the shot of the person discovering yeah. it like it's like yeah. five different takes to get the reaction of the same yep. reaction yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's just yeah it's just kind of, kind of stuff in some ways learning about media and I was like movies and TV, but like media in general can in some ways ruin it for you change. But what I like to say is it changes your perspective on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at some point, at least for me, I learned to kind of just ignore it. And I think that helped me enjoy media more, to be honest, because then I just like it's easier for me to just turn my brain off and be like, you know, I'm just going to try to enjoy this thing and not think not, not think too much about it, because if I think too much about it, then it's just going to be uh, exhausting. Um, yeah. Well, I think um, it's similarly with art. I think with any kind of like a pursuit, right? Um, like there's this like when you when there's like a people with literacy uh, in this in that area or like a literate about that that kind of pursuit, whatever they pick up these different like nuanced things, which to like the average person might be boring or like, you know, uh, unimpressive. And then they get sick of the things or they get annoyed that people are liking the things that are more typical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's important too, though, um, to not, to be able to step out of it, you know, like, uh, especially when we think of something like, um, like, like our game, for example, you know, which I enjoyed by people who maybe like love art, um, also like people who just like playing the game and like the whole yeah. whole range, you know, and not becoming too caught up in yeah. You know, like uh, I can find myself in that, you know, and it's, being pulled out of the body. You know. <laughs> it's um, there's, there's a couple ways to think about it. At least the way I think about it. So I like, so I went to school for art. Or I went to school for film, and I kind of went through this interesting phase of like, first like you know being having my normal uninformed opinions, and then then getting kind of snobby about it. Um, and then and then like. And then there's like this plateau when I realized like it doesn't actually matter all that much. And I kind of just don't care as long as I'm entertained. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm at like this point in my life where it's like, dude, I don't care if your movie's high art. I don't care if it's like schlocky trash is if yeah. it's entertaining. If I'm not bored, like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so yeah, it's, it's this weird. It's this weird curve. But then on the other side, um, there are certain like people that you can respect a lot more having known or knowing, knowing, knowing what goes into it. I think Quentin Tarantino is a good example of this because he clearly loves the medium so much. And the more, you know, about films and film history, the more you can see in his movies that are just like references or homages or like, and I think it's one of the reasons why I really like watching Quentin Tarantino stuff because he clearly loves what he's doing beyond just kind of like making a, movie to you know make money he's like he's there for the the medium which is so fascinating like watching the kill bill movies and then knowing like the the history of the 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 a lot of the genre he's pulling from not just the spaghetti western stuff but also like um 
there's a series of like uh, Japanese films that are all about I'll just call them revenge films. Um, and Lady Snowblood is like one of the, the key ones. It's this old uh, Japanese movie about a lady who goes around and kills people who let's just say wronged her. I'm not going to go too much into it. It's a little graphic, but um, yeah. So like once you get and like so, this, yeah. you can enjoy the movie by itself. But once you get like this extra context, uh, it, mm. just, it just adds a lot of like cool flavor to it. And um, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the, the stuff I was talking about, I don't, it sounds like I'm comparing myself to Quentin Tedder, which is no, <laughs> but like, you know, like, but it's, 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 I think when there's this wealth of things to pull from, like, it's so cool to, yeah. to hide these little, like, uh, whatever you want to call them, you know, uh, homages or like little, um, I guess, because it pulls from the zeitgeist of everyone's understanding of something, if they, if they are into it, and it kind of like, a, it, it's almost like you're bringing so many things I feel like um, you're, you're adding so much narrative with a simple, with something that seems, seems small because you're pulling from people's like understanding of wider things related to that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And something, I, th I think yeah. what makes it so great is like when the, when the pieces work without having any knowledge of that kind of stuff and someone yes. can be like, Oh, this looks really cool. I, I like it. But then if you also know that stuff, you, you kind of get like a deeper, um, I don't say understanding, but you kind of like under, I guess, I guess understanding. So you can, put it but you can get this um deeper appreciation for what like yeah. went into it which i think is is always like super cool I think that's what's hard to pull off huh? yeah 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 i think because people are not wrong like um i think of this with that i'm with sorry i'm rambling but i think of this with okay. dance i was like i used to be really into dance um uh oh yeah and, you mentioned this before yeah yeah and, and so um the stuff that people are into often is seen by like uh is you know uh that's might go like, oh, that's actually like kind of boring, typical stuff. You know, this is what's cool. But then it's important to realize the stuff we're thinking is cool could be kind of boring. You know, they, like, you know, yeah. literally they, they could be boring. Um, and we're just only excited about some details that actually the, the average person, it like, um, <laughs> if we're being honest, it, it is boring. You know, like kind of I like mean, it's, it's important to realize. It's, it's like when I get really excited about like uh, a particular video game or something in the card game. And then I get excited and I tell my partner Robin and she does not care at all. And I'm just like, oh, it's so cool. Look at this thing. It's like, like and she's just like, feeling. and she's like, uh-huh. Uh, nice. And she'll, she'll kind yes. of play along, but I'm just like, I'm like, I know you don't care, but I'm really excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Every time I try to, Every time I start talking about something like that, like really excitedly, I, I was midway through, I start to cringe and get really embarrassed. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, you know, like I, I start backpedaling and becoming more shy. And See, um, <laughs> I, I fully embraced it. Now that I, that I do content for a living, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to let it out. That's what my video, videos are now. I'm just going to let it all out and talk about the things that I, that I've really like passionate about. Um, so, yeah, yeah. but I, but I think, but I think it comes across, um, not just like for the, for that, but just anyone talking about the things they're passionate about. I, I really like yeah. that because it shows this level of, you know, genuineness that, yeah. um, you don't always see in, in, in people. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I like yes. seeing people being like passionate about whatever they're, yeah, they're passionate so. about, even if it's not something that I care about, I, I, th I still think it's cool. Mm. Um, so yeah um so i do have a couple more questions before we maybe go to the arsenal step and see some sweet 
sketching oh, sketching yeah. from Sam. So uh, let me see. I have a couple <laughs> others. I think these ones might be a little bit quicker because I'm not sure how much Sam can actually talk about these. So this one is... <laughs> How do you decide what illustrations are kept in-house rather than sent to the talented art team outside the company? I think they're asking, um, how do you decide what artists get what pieces of art is kind mm -hmm. of what that boils down to. Oh, and I guess I can, I can answer like the, the, the face value question, which is like, you know, which ones we kind of do and which ones we give to the artists. Um, and it's, it's, I can answer because it's like, a, I think the same across the board. It's what's most suitable. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So, uh yeah i mean yeah. That, that seems like the most obvious answer you just pick who the best artist for the for the job you know i think so yeah yeah um uh let's see hmm okay I'll, I'll ask this but once again i'm not i'm not entirely sure just reading it i'm just like well we'll see if, we'll see uh are there any examples of artwork being so cool or different that inspired a change in the function of a card or Vice versa, card changing such that the art didn't fit it anymore. Oh, this kind of like that earlier question about whether it can di dictate the design, huh? Yeah. And, and so, if it comes to dictating the design, it's um, I'd say no. Um, but yeah, this is really rare because again, it, by the time it reaches at least me, it's already gone through the designers. You know, it's gone through James, Robbie, everyone, and it's almost like um. Uh, yeah, like if, if I, let's say for me personally, if I went and made something so different, you know, but then it, like everyone loved it, now it becomes a headache for Robbie. You know, like it's something right. he has to try to make work somehow. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I can't think of examples of this, but if that were the case, let's say it happens, you know, um, yeah, it would be just now, now I'm giving them extra work. Um, so I guess yeah. you wouldn't see, you wouldn't see any, um, you wouldn't see the mechanic of a card either. So let's just say something spawned three rune chants. You then, mm. as an artist, don't have to draw three rune chants. Oh yeah, on I guess it. I guess I should ask. Yeah, do oh, that's interesting. Do question. the artists get a description of the card effect when you're given the prompt, or is it more of just of a generic like, you know, description of like I want a character doing this with this setting kind of deal, or is it more mm. integrated with the card art? So like for example, Oblivion, the card, one of the cards that I spoiled for Dust Till Dawn has Vincent in it. And in the background, there are like three or six rune chants. And then the card cares about six rune chants. So it's, it kind they kind of match. Mm. Um so this gets into specifics a bit more. So maybe I'll answer more in a more general sense. Um, because I guess inside that you also asked like um uh from a L, from a creative team standpoint, because I uh, I direct the scenes as well. So um, I have to know some of these things. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm aware of like um, certain mechanics of the design aspect mm. because yeah, like you said, maybe it, it ties in. Um, but with the artists, um, I'd say in the more general sense, doesn't say without going to details, um, we, uh, hmm, I guess, um, because we know what we want and we need to capture a certain mood, um, sometimes that mood includes like a law detail, like you mentioned, mm. you know, where the law relates to maybe uh, an effect or something, you know, and not necessarily just effect, could be a law thing in overall, you know, uh, like, you know, we saw it like maybe say, we point to uprising, this is, you know, the storyline of, you know, fire and everything, everything. Uh, so we need to hit those things. And so in those cases, we will 
make that clear and push towards that, you know? Um, yeah, so we do that, but I guess maybe that's the more general answer I'll give. Do the artists know? I think I think I know the answer to this after talking with a bunch of artists, just in general. But do the artists know the kind of card that they're going to be doing art for? And do they know of like it's um, like if it's a legendary card or, or something like that? Do, are they aware, or is it just kind of like more generic of a prompt kind kind of deal? So actually, so like my previous. Um, that answer I was giving. Um, I guess the better way to answer it is that um, we work with we work with every artist um, maybe a little bit differently depending on you know uh, mm, what okay. how they work too. So um, to give a roundabout answer that maybe doesn't go into specifics but gives some idea. So I'll answer some other areas I've touched on. It's like um, some artists uh, work well with really defined perimeters. You know, um, so like they almost want there to be the limitations and, and tight structure to work with and then they can like kind of build within some um really like to run with it with like a more open um, idea you know yeah um actually i think a good example is say like mark Poole. Mm. mark Poole has like a unique style and like a, he has some really creative ideas so the uh the way we work with him might be a, a unique approach where we there is you know we we can kind of um discuss more and keep things a bit more, you know, uh, free flowing, um, with this like overall goal still in mind, because everything is very, we're very, uh, I guess you could, we're very nitpicky. There is like, we have to yeah. get the right mood and everything. Um, yeah. and our artists know that. So when it comes to like details and stuff, when it, when it needs to be there, um, you know, they're, they're pushed. Um, yeah, I, gosh. when I, when I work with artists, I, I, like to leave it open because i can never tell without them telling me mm. what kind like if they want the really strict direction or if they want to keep it open so when i when i work with an artist i usually come up with a whole bunch of re like different references of like ideas here and there um and then i have usually if i if it's a character that i already have i'll usually give them my character sheet which is like um i have an artist do like the front and back of the design of the character and all that kind of stuff and mm. I'll, I'll say i'm like hey here, here's the ideas. Here's the general thing. And I'm like, please let me know if you want more direction. Um, and I can, I can give you more, or if you want to just kind of like, you know, come up with your own kind of thing. Um, and mm. yeah, I, I, I leave it up, up to the artists. And most of the time they're like the ones that I've worked with just run with it. And they're like, okay, here's like four, here's like four sketches. Let me know which one you like. And then we, we, we go from there. Cause I've worked with, for flesh and blood artists, I've worked with Sylvia Meliani, who also now does stuff for like League of Legends. Uh, I've worked with uh, Crovius; uh, she's awesome. I've worked with Bima. Um, those are the three main ones. I also did a smaller thing with Fu, uh, Fu Thu. Um, mm. But um, yeah, like I always try to leave it a, li a little more. I'm like, hey, here's what I got. Let me know if you want more direction, and I could I could do that, but. You know, I, I don't want to, well, when I work with them, it's different because like mine's more of like a fun thing for me and my fans. And I'm just like, also, I want this project to be, you know, not stressful for the artist. So I just want it to be like, kind of like a, you know, I, I know you're not drawing what you want to draw because you're drawing what I'm paying you to draw. But also at the same time, I just want to make it low stress. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm here to like, because I like your artwork. And so I'm just, I'm just here to. Um, whatever I works. Think that's actually, 
Mm. Well, I think to, actually I could expand this a little, like going to the area I specialize, which is like the characters, you know, heroes and stuff. <laughs> like heroes, like it's being the meat of characters and stuff, you know. Um, and so, like characters, for example, we are super nitpicky about. We must get the certain feeling, look, you know, the face should be this way. Um, like there's even times where we like uh, suggest uh, the certain comp we want, you know. Um, like down to such details because that's important for this kind of uh, storytelling, maybe, you know, the narrative with the character. So the interesting thing that I found um, is because we're making a card game, these are still images. Uh, I mean, at least, you know, uh, the main image is a still image. Um, it's different from, say, like uh, if you're making a video game mm. where you have to consider, or animation, we have to consider how how optimized the character is to move, to be recreated, to be seen from, you know, every angle. Yeah. Um, like here we can craft the, like, the, I mean, it's harder to do so, but we can craft like a, maybe he's talking about five, for example, like um, trying to hide certain imagery or put it in certain places. You can then choose a comp that fits that exactly in all those things. But at the core of all that, like after I design these characters or whatever, and say we get a, an artist to work on it, Interestingly enough, because there is this freedom to really go really far with details, visual noise can be like, you know, uh, can be really manipulated with that you couldn't do, say, for animation or game as mm. much. Um, at least back then, it's getting more and more high powered. But um, because of that, the feeling is so huge, you know? And I think it comes back to when we talk about like designing and like uh, how I, I kind of think of it as like these broader inspirations, because the, the feeling is all we need to nail it. And, um, yeah, this, I kind of lost why I said this. Is this related at all? <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it is interesting. I actually very much love designing characters and working with artists to design characters. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting, and I, I like, oh. I, I like the, the whole thing. Um, oh, it's about the, uh, I guess, uh, the direction that given. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean that. <laughs> That can kind of so that can kind of go in with our last question before we go into the arsenal step and Sam Sam's gonna draw some 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 art some cool stuff. We're gonna see some art art in motion. But um the final question is also one that I I I think it's like the one that well I'm just I'll just read it. I'll just read it. Um, okay. this one is I think this is kind of a, I'm not sure if you can answer this, but so how far oh, yeah. ahead of card development is the exploratory stage of art and design? For example, did you do a lot of visual development for say Tales of Aria before the three elemental talents and heroes were locked in? Where on the development timeline would that fall? So I guess they're just asking more of a generic, like when do you design something like the heroes before something like the rest of the set art wise yeah that is something out of my scope and yeah so i think because it, it it pulls in from like um decisions much more of a james probably kind of yeah thing. i i don't want to um, put words into anyone's mouth but i watch a lot of interviews with like james and it does seem like james comes up with the hero ideas way way in advance because i've heard about him talking about like designing like phi like when he was like, you know, long, long time ago when he was like working overnight in their tiny little studio or whatever. Um, yeah. So so it seems like he comes up with stuff like a lot, like it seems like he has a bunch of stuff like back backlogged. Um, mm. 
but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, that's that's it for the community questions. This has been pretty robust. We've been talking for like a little over an hour cool. and a half. Um, Bill and As, before we get to the Arsenal step, which is going to involve Sam doing some cool stuff, uh, do you guys have any like last questions uh, that you wanted to ask that we didn't uh, didn't come up here? Also, um, sorry. Yes. Pardon. I know I said this last time we talked as well because I ramble so much. Just let me know if there were parts that you wanted to know, like a book concise answer of like this just got lost so just you can yeah <laughs> no no worries it's it's all good <laughs> okay. no, it's no, all no, good somewhere we're like talking about other things the, which, the best this part is, of the living yeah. legends podcast is we are pretty loose in general so it, this it is goes the perfect. format you, yeah you like, fit in perfectly like yeah yeah <laughs> and, and the funniest part this is like a just a small thing that the people listening won't see but before we started i as made our overlay that I'm using now that has Bill in it. Um, and it's just a little bit faded because he, for whatever reason, couldn't get the like saturation saturation to be what it was before. And it fits perfectly with Sam talking about how his art style is like a little bit <laughs> yeah. faded. I actually thought yes. before you said, before you told me as, I thought it was on purpose. I thought it was like, was like trying to get it a little bit more of like the same kind of like faded look yeah like yeah going for the sin the sin city black and white vibes and all this <laughs> no i should say oh, i should say something that actually i realized um that when i talk about these things like that i like this kind of look um that is from a very personal uh individual standpoint like um yeah so i guess like aspiring like people who want to do art for us and stuff you know or even like just artists in general uh don't take that as like don't start making faded artwork. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is something. It's yeah. That's it. That is good to note because I down the saturation on I, I do know. Now. I do know some of these questions actually come from like aspiring artists and and uh, artists otherwise from mm. like my my Discord and 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 uh, right and whatnot. Um, yeah, I have, I have I have a little section in my Discord that's just for like community art. So I see some folks they post like fan art and like projects they're they're doing and stuff because you know i want to support mm. stuff like that so yeah that's yeah. cool yeah yeah mm. um all right yeah, i think well, i think well i think we i think we touched on pretty much everything there was a few questions on here which i would have or asked already so it's nice to see that everyone's on the same sort of wavelength as to what they want to ask the creative team and, and yourself so um i'm happy to move into this arsenal step and and start seeing these drawings to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's actually really interesting because it's a nice transition from like talking about the art and all this stuff, and then we'll get to see some of it too. Uh, so yeah. I guess we didn't mention it at the start of the show because we just kind of rambled on in like we normally do. Mm -hmm. But uh, for for the Arsenal step, it's going to be very special for this episode. Um, Sam is actually going to be doodling our D and D characters, our flesh and blood D and D characters, um, and uh, I'm really stoked really stoked for it um and by our characters i mean in case you haven't been following the our D, D stuff it's going to be um i have a new character for the next session his name is vanawith he's like a sorcerer in, in D, D terms i think he's like a rank five fighter or rank five sorcerer rank one fighter um and then we have Az's character azra bill's character ona uh, azra is a ranger ona is a uh, like a cleric and then um Joining us next time in our, in our next session is going to be uh, Max Ferocity, um, and she is yes. going to be playing a new uh, character of her own design. Uh, so you're going to see a little bit of what the character looks like, 
And we're not going to tell you much about the character's, you know, history or backstory, but uh, you'll, you'll see a little bit of it, but not not too much. In fact, Rachel hasn't even told me too much. Just, uh, you know, what the character kind of looks like and her her vibes. But obviously mm-hmm. she's a mechanologist because of, of course Indeed. she is. Um, so yeah, I, think I, guess, uh, I think there's a D&D in D&D. It's no, what is it, an alchemist in art, D&D? Art, or artificer. Is it artificer. Artificer. That's mm-hmm. it. It's like, it, it, it's like perfect for, for it too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I guess one thing I, we should mention too is uh, in moving to this stage, like uh, this next step, uh, it's it's easier for us. To, uh, it's nice to us to draw that line. Then it's like it's going into fan art. So I'm not. This is not like a LSS yeah. related. I'm drawing as an individual artist, and this is fan art. This is purely fan art. Um, yep, yep. It's just 100 percent are like D and D OCs. I guess is what, how you could see it. If this is our living legend D and D characters, um, yeah. Yep, that just happened to be taking place in the like the flesh and blood world, but it's just our own little fan fan thingy that we're doing. We're back. Yeah, we're back. We no, oh, the squad is oh. here. Okay. The boys are back in town. <laughs> the boys are back in town. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, cool. So, do we just get into it? So I, I was thinking, um, I'll I'll move my stuff now so I can draw. But um, yeah. I guess I'll be staring at the screen more and looking over what's wrong. Is that okay? Um, yeah, that's thinking, fine. Yeah, I mean, whatever you're gonna do. Yeah, whatever works cool, for you. Can, yeah, awesome. Um, and feel free to talk and stuff. Uh, maybe we could start by like uh, talking a bit about these characters uh, before we go yeah. into. I guess. Um, actually, actually, I don't know what we talk about in Arsenal Step. Is it just whatever kind of stuff? Now? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, I figured. Yeah. I figured this part will just be a lot of just talking and banter. We can talk about whatever really. Um, cool. Um, while you just draw and feel, feel free to interject as much as you'd like, Sam and whatever works for you. I don't know. I don't know if like, we talked about this a little earlier. I don't know how much focus you want to be when you're drawing versus how much you can talk. Uh, like I said, I know when I'm editing videos, I'm very like, I turn off all the music and stuff and I just focus uh, on, on editing, but I, I, everyone's like different in multitasking. So mm, whatever works, I can talk whatever and- works. Do this, yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's just see how it goes. I guess. Um, show show share my screen. Would that sure. break everything? Um. Okay. <laughs> if it if it does, I can fix it still. <laughs> okay, so I'll share my yeah, screen now. And um. If if it does, it might it might add another screen. So yeah, it's, it is going to add another screen. But what I think I can do here is I can basically let's see. For the video, video for the video viewers, you're having a whale of a time today. It's just oh like, yeah, yeah. You know, so more think, interactive, brilliant. So yeah, what I, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna reposition all of our little like windows, and then I'll 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 add Sam's screen in the middle of everyone, so everyone can see that one kind of like in the center. So it'll be like a little overlap. So uh, people get to just, see just me. Like- Editing, editing the the regions here in real time at OBS. Exactly. Yeah. Pro, <laughs> pro tip: If, if you <laughs> are a streamer or content creator and you're just learning OBS, there's some really easy tricks you can use. If you hold Alt while dragging the the the, the regions, it will help. It'll let you basically crop crop the regions without having to do anything else. So you just hold Alt and drag drag them. Yeah, I used to use the parameters like the numbers before. Yeah, don't I just do that. like try. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used, yeah. Until I learned the the alt was the 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 be all and end all of like, OBS really for me. You literally just hold alt and drag drag and the drag zones it, around. Change that size. Yeah. Yep. Um. 
It's yeah, just like, while you're just while you're doing that, actually, uh, Bill, what was you drinking last night? Oh, uh, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> he doesn't what, remember. What was Brilliant. the main ingredient? Were you drinking like uh, was it clear liquor or like like a rum kind of deal? You drinking like, like a vodka? <laughs> I had uh, I, I had a couple of drinks that were uh, like basically just like Ryan Cokes. Okay, um, sure. Yeah, a yeah. A couple of those. And then one of my friends was making me uh, the signature cocktail from their wedding, actually, which was like basically a cherry Coke style deal. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I think at one point I was just like, you know what? Just give me some like Dr. Pepper and Fireball. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It's just pure, that's just like sugar incarnate, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah. Pure, so just pure sweet. Yeah. Pro, pro tip this is really <laughs> delicious, but also. I guess it depends on your your alcohol tolerance. Uh, back in college, we used to drink um, basically any kind of like fruit drink and mix it with like mm. rum or vodka. Yeah. And it delicious, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. You can do like you can get like a big glass and do like maybe like this much, <laughs> this much hard liquor and then taste the alcohol. and then fill the rest yeah. up. And that's a good way to get absolutely plastered. Yeah. We, vodka, we would, vodka orange juice is what I used to do. Just oh yeah, pure, simple. Screwdriver. Yeah, yeah man. It's so, uh, so acidic, you know, you can just, you just don't taste the vodka whatsoever. What, yeah. what we would do is we would um, just essentially get like whatever fruit drink like, like a langers just jug of like i don't know like mango punch or whatever and you yeah. just dump that into your dump that in like a jungle like a jungle juice like a big tub full of sure just yeah drink yeah yeah oh yeah yeah man it's uh i i don't drink much anymore i will say that um but in college i can yeah because yeah, cause, cause we're old now <laughs> exactly i also like I'll be I'll be honest with this too. Like uh, I spend most of my time kind of just in my in my studio here. Uh, I do drink occasionally when I go out for like friends or you know or whatever. But most of the time, it's just part of being an adult, I guess. Is just I'm at home and I'm not drinking. <laughs> I'm not like sitting at home drinking you know hard liquor by myself. Yeah. Um, Why feel- not? <laughs> I have some. It's just I, a I, totally I, foreign concept to ask. Absolutely, I, yeah. I, I actually, I, I do have some. Uh, I yeah. have, I have the, my my rum and coke that I that I really like. Um, but yeah, uh, that's definitely that's definitely a drink you can just enjoy, though, isn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I have the the my I have my, my particular taste for the rum too. I prefer spiced. Uh, Sailor Jerry's is pretty good. It was like the first rum that I had, and it's still pretty good. Captain Morgan mm-hmm. Private Reserve is pretty good. Flavor wise, Kraken is good, but it's a little bit more of a like a heavier, heavier rum. Um, nice one. Uh, oh, what's the one that I always Zacapa? Is that what it's called? Zacapa. Oh yeah, really good, but it's expensive. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never had it, but I've heard you talk about it before. But I've never had it myself. Got it from good old professor there. Mm. All right. Cool. Who we set. Yeah, we're pretty good. We can even leave that wow. in. Just talking about alcohol. Like Absolutely, that's cool. yeah, the awesome yeah. step. Cool. So um, yeah, so I have this. Click the watch stream button, then do I? You, do if you want to see Sam's screen, yeah, you will have to click the watch stream button. I already did. Oh, okay, so yeah. I, I have it as a separate little thing up here on the OBS. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. So um, I guess I'll I could start off by um, asking you guys questions. Uh, to get it started yeah um so so my plan here is to do like a 
almost like a, a foundational sketch. So like we could plot down all four characters, like posed, you know, uh, as if you're looking at it, you know, for like a poster or something. Um, and then like without going wherever we land, the idea is just to get this, the, the right feeling of like the characters, you know, personalities in their poses. And then afterwards I can go and detail and stuff, but just to capture that together. Um, yeah. I don't know how long that'll take, but it shouldn't be as long that way. And if we have lots of time, if it's quick, then we can just mess around a little bit. But that way I think it's also more conversational and it's a little, a little bit less, um, yeah. yeah, like I'm not here rendering, you know. Um, yeah. So I had questions um, after hopping around a bit of, um, Escape from Southmore and watching the first half twice of episode one. Um, uh, <laughs> some stuff I got, just correct me if I'm wrong, is that so the thing that stood out is like uh, Bill's like, uh, uh, I guess, on us, like kind of yeah. the, not like he he's he's like uh, confident, but he's kind of awkward and, and meek. Like I guess his confidence comes out when it's something needs to be done, right? He has this set of ideals that he follows and stuff. But otherwise, he he was like it felt like in that first episode he was a little bit like a, um, like just weird and trying like trying to also be cool like trying to trying yeah, to blend like in a bit and be be okay, fully um, out of his element. Uh, right, maybe not yeah. comfortable at all, but just trying to grab any amount of comfort. <laughs> yeah, and so well, in this new in this one now is he still the same way in metrics? Uh, he, uh, near the end of Escape from Southmaw, uh, Anna did become a little bit more confident because there was just a more, uh, like, realized path forward. Um, right. I was actually chatting about it with Kale as well, um, as, uh, he was sort of asking me about, okay, like, what happens in the time between when we ended and when we're going to pick up. And, uh, we had some really interesting ideas about the box that my character carries around, um, and uh one of the things was because in our um in our travels i had this like or anna had these sort of visions in his sleep of you know i um just see these like basically burning like spheres of energy that are sort of pulling me towards them mm. and uh in checking those out I ended up uh, basically collecting the bones from these um, sort of like shadow beasts that um, ended up sort of like uh, congregating with these other bones that were already in the box. And it started to form, at least at the very end of the, the session, uh, started to form like a skeletal hand. And uh, so as I was talking about it with Kale, he's like... Um, you know, I think in the meantime, you've probably uh, done a couple more of these. You've gotten some more you've gotten to collect some more bones. And uh, we were trying to figure out what thematically, what mechanically that would mean. And uh, I came up with the idea of like, I think it would be really cool and like a really nice sort of dichotomy for my character. If instead of just being the box, it sort of almost escapes from the confines of the box and starts to try to control Anna as like this entity. Mm. So I was like, what if the bones sort of uh, like fly or like sort of float out of the box and turn into like a gauntlet that sort of like covers his hand. And it's like the entity like controlling him, but also giving him some amount of powers. Bill, do you like um, fighting games? Yeah. You know, this reminds me of it reminds me of every every like weird Japanese fighting game like Guilty Gear or Blaze Blue or something yeah. always has a character that. You have the character, but you also have the weird entity that uh, that attacks when they attack. Yeah. This this reminds yeah. me exactly of that. 
yeah no there's uh there's a bunch of those but yeah i was like i don't know i i loved chatting about it with kale he's he has such a realized like vision of this world and uh being able to just work with him on on stuff is is really nice that's one of the reasons why uh my character i left a a decent amount of it like probably over half of it just sort of in his hands where it's like i'm just gonna like basically follow your lead i want you to like utilize my character as a, a piece for story and um yeah so started out with just this um this cleric this uh priest from solana that um just it was like extremely pious for his entire life uh only knew the light and and the workings of the light and uh then all of a sudden finds himself in a really tough situation like through a battle or or something in his past where uh he was basically left for dead and like praying to the gods nobody was listening and then all of a sudden this like this demonastery entity sort of creeps into the back of his mind and says hey i can help you like what's mm. up <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah just sort of moving from there and uh yeah like so far i think kale has an idea of what the entity is that has decided to help him out but i don't personally i i have no idea oh, <laughs> I think okay it's really cool that's yeah. cool okay so um it's like um you can see my screen here right yeah um, it's this idea of like the box kind of becomes this chunkier gauntlet kind of the, the thing in mind yeah yeah okay. basically um, um is that picture you have here is that like a is that just a early reference or is it like the design to follow Oh, that's just a stock image that I found on okay, cool. Google. Like, yeah. you just look up like Templar or Cleric or whatever, and that's sort of what comes up. I think it's a D and D reference image, but um, yeah. Cool. So we can uh, mess around. Yeah, you can do you can do whatever you want, really. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was gonna cool. say, I, I I think that like character, like physical design wise, I think Bill's character is the least defined of the of the characters mm. that we have. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do like um, just the he's he's just a guy. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's how I, I think that's how I described it to Sam. I was like, I, yeah, I was like, Bill just says he's just like a dude. He's just like a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, yeah I've copied oh, is this like is this like fragments of bone that are oh yeah? And I think it's like kind of something attached, right? Yeah, this is perfect. So like, this is exactly what I had in mind. Cool. Um, well then. Uh, we have, we have uh, Ezra, right? Ezra, yeah. Ezra. He seemed a bit more like blunt and straightforward, like no nonsense feeling. When he came into the bar and he's just like, you know, what is this? <laughs> what are, You know, what do you do? Is that yeah. the kind of feeling throughout? Yeah, very much so. I mean, he okay. uh, d during during this campaign, he's on a he's on a quest to try and find his his lost brothers, um, but the the sort of time that passes between the end of the campaign and what we're going to be doing in this next one. Can I say it on this podcast, Kel? Because obviously it's a big spoiler, isn't it, as to um, what happens? Okay, well, <laughs> That's first, the thing. first of all, I want to say, people, if you have not... I, the, last, the last episode has not been released yet. Yeah, we, thing, haven't, we haven't premiered the, the final episode of Escape from South Ma. I guess be vague yeah. about it. I guess you can be vague. Don't, don't give, like, straight-up spoilers yeah. about what we found at the end. We do find some cool. interesting stuff at the end um yeah and there's there's but a reason why my character it's not it's not like a drastic reason but i'm not gonna be playing villain on the next episode i'm gonna be playing 
a new character new character yeah yeah um but yeah i mean uh the, the concept of the characters you can see in front of you sam is pretty much the same sort of thing um but I've been speaking to Kale, and there's going to be some. So his his sword is going to be a lot different. It's going to be like a like a like a sort of almost alien esque extra dimensional style sword. If you look at a race face, for instance, it's like this piece of art that is basically uh. alter, altering the reality around it and like revealing a separate dimension around the around the impact. So he right. basically he basically basically going to find a sword that when he swings it it alters reality around it basically when he when he swings it and that's going to potentially come from the the Iriathiel world behind the world of Wraith. So, I don't know the I don't know sounds the Sounds like some demonstrary rune blade shit to me. <laughs> yes, very much so. So he's going to have yeah that that's going to be the 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 main sort of he is going to, uh, Azra is going to be a reformed character as well because of the developments of what's happened in the campaign. So he's not going to be mm-hmm. as aggressive, not going to be as blunt as what he was. Uh, in the, okay. So, so he is going to be a, a bit more reformed in the, in the next campaign, a lot more sort of, a bit more happy-go-lucky, I would say. So a bit more sort of upbeat rather than brooding and all this. Um so yeah, uh, yeah, but the sword is the main. The sword is the main. The extra dimensional sort of situation is the main thing. I would say would be the standout point for it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and even uh, that pose, even that pose there is more like pure righteousness rather than mm. just brooding, leaning on his bike sort of situation. <laughs> you know that look. That look. <laughs> that look. That looks a lot, a lot more, a lot more purpose in his pose already, which is which cool. is nice. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, I'll come back and like move these things around to fit together. But I'm just trying to capture the feeling as we talk, and just yeah, yeah just definitely. mention like, oh, this is not the feeling here, or change this or that, and I'll just yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. The step is like uh, is very like uh, flexible, so it's fun to just mess around and just change entirely if you want. Yeah. Uh, I'll say cool. it's like you know like like while we're talking and while you're sketching it, it's amazing how you can just sort of convey that on a on a drawing. I just got to say that's. Great, great, yeah, and the, great span, talent. and the span of like a like a minute and a half or something too. Like not, not yeah. even a lot of time. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, I've been I've been adjusting the the screen uh, as as you draw. By the way, I'll, I'll like. Oh no! No, no, it's good. It's good. I, what I'm doing is I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm making it bigger so people can see it better. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have it like zoomed in on the on what you're drawing in the characters. Yeah. Me moving this around is okay. That's fine. I can I can get around. Okay. There. Cool. I'll try not to do too much because I know it, it really hurts the eyes when it's like jarringly fast. Um, okay, so we have, then we have Vanueth? Vanueth, yeah. Vanueth, who has a design here. Um, yeah, so yeah, Bima helped me do that design. Uh, that That is cool. my new character for the D&D campaign, cool. but also just one of my new, you know, Red Zone Rogue characters. I'm kind of amassing mm. my own, my own uh, troop of original characters. So this is our, our first like official, officially named male character. His name is Vanoeth. Um cool. You can kind of see the design there. He is a uh, he channels in flesh and blood lore. He channels uh, Aether. Uh, he has a very strong affinity with Aether. Um, he's a sorcerer, so he he gains his Aether um, innately through like not not through studying, but he just has it. Um, mm. Like like a lot of the oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Um, so he it's very like natural to him. Right. Um, Story-wise, I don't know. I don't want to spoil too much. Um, I came up with a really 
what I think is cool backstory for him. So um, he's a, he's a fairly mysterious character. He doesn't really know much about his own history. The way I described it to that I wrote on like my, my character sheet is that he woke up with almost no memories on in an abandoned uh, like ruins um, on the coast of Mysteria, and he's just been trying to figure out who he is, where he comes from, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I have ideas of where where this is going, but I don't want to spoil it too much, and I'm not. In, entirely sure where we're going to go with it but he's a fairly mysterious character um despite all mm. that uh he's a pretty like personality wise he's a pretty snarky character um the kind mm. of characters that i like most in fiction and stuff are like your to the to the surprise of no one like the roguish um yes. snarky <laughs> type snarky type characters you know um yeah in the name yeah yeah um as a magic user and sorcerer, he he's 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 fairly smart, um, fairly confident, um, and he's been traveling the last like I don't remember exactly what the time I put it, but you know five plus years, kind of just traveling wraith and uh, looking for answers, but also kind of like you know traveling wraith, and so that's that's why he at the beginning of the campaign will find himself in metrics, um, mm. yeah. Cool. Okay. So, like, he's a mystery even to himself, kind of, and, and he has this kind of almost natural, almost natural magic powers. So it's like yeah. more to the mystery. Like he's not having to study, like, to learn them. Exactly. And um, he does find himself that he like he does have some innate like swordsman training, but that's not what his main thing is. Uh, his his magical mm. fo- like in D anD D terms, his arcane focus is his sword. But you know, he uses magic for the most part mm. yeah. oh so oh so he has swords as well yeah he, he has oh one, i see it yeah, i see one, it yeah just, just one sword, He's got that sword here. yeah um cool and it from the looks of it if you were someone living in wraith you would say it looks like an antique looks like a really old sword oh yeah okay yeah so, um visual noise cool um a little bit snappy yeah a little and, bit cocky kind and of thing. an interesting thing with the the design of the character too when i was uh when bima was helping me design the character um he actually initially drew the character much younger than i that i had t- anticipated but i kind of went with it because most of the characters that i that i make for D or just make in general tend to be like i don't know like 20s to, to 30s like you know like late 20s to 30s but mm. uh hit, he drew the character a little bit younger than that. And I was just like, you know what? Let's kind of, let's kind of just roll with it. We'll have a more like young, lo- young looking character. Um, mm. so. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. That's like this. Yeah. Youthfulness. So yeah. Something about it. Cool. Okay. Um, and then we have, uh, Max Ferocities. Yeah. Rachel. And, 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 uh, she wrote, um, big old paragraph for me that i gave to sam um i was like and she by the way um i know she's not here for this but uh rachel is going to be max ferocity is going to be incredibly excited to see you draw her character by the way sam she yeah, cool. she's a she's a huge huge fan and uh she said she was like fangirling out when i said that you might draw our character so that's yeah. cool she's amazing i mean the cosplay stuff all the 
But yo, yeah, dude, those like, reveals were crazy. Her, um, yeah, her her data doll outfit is like it yeah. is yeah. insane. I did the I helped judge the comp the cosplay contest where she uh debuted that, and I was just like, she. The funny thing is, is like, um, I got dinner with her um her partner and and flake the the evening before and she was like worried about the cosplay contest and she she was like worried she's like oh maybe maybe if i'm lucky i'll get third or fourth place and then after i saw it i'm like are you crazy <laughs> it was so good <laughs> like I, I know a lot of people yeah. like like doubt themselves but i was just like so, it was so so good yeah like it's crazy yeah yeah see the the inventor dash like at worlds yeah wow and the uh, smoke that comes out of the gun I heard there was smoke. I think so. I know. I probably. I know she. She kind of goes crazy with that kind of stuff. Yeah. She, like, does all the lights and it's very impressive. Good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this character. Do we have like a kind of personality feeling? Like that's a really like how you guys have been talking about like the kind of personality is really driving the poses really well. So if we can start with. Hmm. I'm not sure. Feeling. Basically, what what I kind of wrote to you there. Um, let me let me go look up. Let me go look and find uh, in in our little D and D chat what what she. There said. is a note at the end that says she's a practical gal, so I imagine. Yeah. Um, so I know, like character wise, she's a mechanologist. She really mm-hmm. cares about working and inventing, and I think that kind of reflects uh, her own personality. Like she, you know, she's mm-hmm. a cosplayer. She makes her own uh, cosplays, and I think that kind of like goes into this as well. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see yes. if I can find cool. exactly what she said. Oh, she might have DM'd it to me actually. I'm sorry to imagine this like a kind of kind of like a mechanic feel in my yeah. mind. Like uh the practical part, I imagine like um maybe a little bit mm, like more rugged in some aspects. I'm not sure. Olive yeah. skin, grey eyes, dark red hair, bun, messy bun. Uh yeah, one thing one thing that one thing that stood out to me when she when we were chatting about it on that call that we did was her holographic shield that she Ooh. mentioned. Um, oh yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a shield made of made of light almost, isn't it? Um She definitely like wants the... she definitely wants pants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she definitely cool. wants pants and boots. She's an artificer. She could have a gadgety homebrewed Evo type pieces and her laser pistol hologram shield, but she's of course open to even a stick figure with goggles if it comes from Sam. Uh, yeah, Brilliant. so it, it does sound like. Uh, yeah, it does sound. Let me let me see if that's what she wrote for Sam. But let me let me try to find the other chat that we had and see if there's other details we can tell Sam. I love the like the character and movement that you're already able to put in just with this stance. This is a powerful stance. Then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, I'm just scrolling through this uh, the chat we've had for the the next D and D session, and it's super cool already. I hope people are are stoked for it because uh, Kale already has the name of it. I'm just kind of scrolling through, and I see like the the name of the the series the logo and that yeah, yeah it's gonna be cool um let's see 
trying to think how we can play I, some. I think it's a long chat, so I have a lot to scroll through. Yeah. Having trouble envisioning the shield. Like I've drawn it like a medieval shield, but I guess not. Uh, oh, I'm just trying to think of maybe a reference, like um, like it's a. I'm trying to think of what other things have for, what, for whatever reason i kind of imagined and this is probably one of the i, I kind of imagine those weird shields and i know some people are going to be like this is the first thing you think of the shields that the <laughs> gungans have from the first yeah star, from the, the star wars prequel where they have those shields that have like the 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 blue light around them that that's kind oh, of what is that here let me, let me search it up yeah this like, is something I I was thinking of as well as the Iron Man holograph shield, which is like this, which I've just put in the in ooh. the group chat. So it's sort of like that, but yeah, the Gungan, the Gungans, oh, yeah, also, yeah. the Gungans from Star Wars also have that sort of light shield thing that protects them from the droid uh, droid plasma pistols. Yeah, mm. I imagine a more techy version of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find a good image. There's a lot of like. Not good images of it. I'm I'm really picky with the images. Like there was a lot of like crappy low res images, which is goofy looking ones. That one's not that bad. I'll copy it. Here I'll share. Yeah, similar to the Iron Man thing, actually. Yeah, it's quite similar. It's like the same shape as well. Oh yeah, it is similar. The Gungan one has a little bit more uh definition. In the shield, like it's got like the the circular edge of the shield, and then almost like a cross section, oh. and, then, and then the light kind of extends from that. So it could be something like that, but instead mm. of like it having this almost like wooden esque cross section and and border, it could be like more techy. Yeah, so I guess mm. the light would the light would need to come from somewhere. I guess so that's probably what the middle bit is. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, that's. That's that's the sort of feeling I was getting at least, but it could, could be different. It also feels like I don't know. I don't know how if this is how it works, but it also feels very like techy. If it if it normally when it's not all lit up, it's just kind of a smaller thing, and then they can activate yeah. it, and then it goes. Bruh. Yeah, exactly. Because hmm. okay, wasn't wasn't that um, wasn't that um, Rachel's like ability? She could like morph into different evos almost yeah was that, I don't, what, was that what she could do i don't it's, like it's one of the mode going to attack mode and all this it's i don't have the books up here uh but it's one of the D D things for the artificer classes they're able to like you know transform their their yeah also power suit kind of kind of thing and it, it really actually flavors well with flesh and blood with like the evo armor and, and that kind of stuff yeah mm, okay so I'm just now trying to put them all into a scene. They're like a... <laughs> Looks like they're like on top just... of a building or something, doesn't it? Like on top of a rooftop yeah, or something. Yeah, like scaffolding or something. They're... Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, sick. So, so for the, the, the listeners and the viewers out there, um, yeah, so the, the sketch that Sam's doing for us, I'm uh, probably going to use it for like the thumbnails, for the, for the episodes, uh, and then also like the probably for the character portraits when we're actually playing. So I'll probably like crop out the, the head section um, for the, for the character portraits, um, mm. which is going to be super cool. Oh. It's going to be, 
is it, I'm very excited for this. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be super cool. And also, like, just having a, a cool, like, uniform look for all the characters is going to be great. Because, like, yeah. like, like we mentioned, Bill's Bill's uh, was just a stock image that we grabbed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I think, I think before it was, like, the image that Az has is one that he had commissioned a while ago, right? That, that's kind of a, an older one. Yeah, it was a oh. concept I had, I had done a long time ago, yeah. And then... Oh, cool. The hmm. one that I, that I have is uh, the character design that I worked with Bima on recently. Um, and, uh, yeah, I also, actually, uh, I showed, I showed as this in a conversation we had before. Uh, I'm not going to do full cosplay, but I do have a red cape that I got. That I'm, I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear this red cape for the, <laughs> for the episode, the recording. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, um, I've got a large sort of reality altering interdimensional sword on order from Amazon, which is coming next week. Oh, nice. Um, you get the you get the Amazon Prime shipping on that one. No, no, I have to pay full price for that. Uh, it's coming for it's coming from a different dimension, so it costs more. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey man, like, uh, say say what you want about Amazon, and you can definitely say a lot about Amazon. But there's an Amazon like facility near where I live. I live in Portland, Oregon, and there's a like, one no, near like close by. So if it is yeah, an item fine. from like the Amazon warehouse, and I order it, I literally get it like the next day. Like, I do as well. I'm like, it's very convenient. I'm like, oh, convenient I, almost. I'm, I'm out of like even like drink. I'm like, you know, I'm out of like my vitamin water. I'll just order another case on Amazon. It just shows up, shows up the next day. Yeah. So it's it is very convenient. convenient. It's convenient. Yeah. 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 Makes me sad to hear it because. I guess people here to use Amazon, but it feels so like um, it was harder over here for me. Actually, that might sound really weird for me to say because I think our our community they they sell and you know they ship so much through Amazon, so it probably is like nothing to them. But for me, it feels like a, a step because we have something called uh, we have something called Trade Me here, which mm. is like a New Zealand version, but it's it doesn't really compare. It's <laughs> Amazon is very convenient, but like I will I will say like. Robin, my partner, is uh, she's essentially like, uh, well, she's the, literally she's the assistant store manager at one of the local like food chains. And it's, it's a food chain called uh, New Seasons. Uh, it is m what I gather just Pacific Northwest, Oregon and Washington. Um, and it, you can think of it more like a Trader Joe's Whole Foods kind of place. They sell a lot of like organic stuff, a lot of uh, local stuff and uh that's where we typically go shopping. And I, I do like to prioritize, like, when I buy something, if I have the option between a couple different things, I'll usually go for, like, the local thing. Um, because cool. yeah. I, I like supporting, you know, you know that, that kind of stuff just in general. Um, but at the same time, hey, I, if I want vitamin water the next day, I'll just put it on Amazon. <laughs> um, mm. The convenience is, is just good. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm not sure how this is a lot in a lot of places, but I know a lot of folks here in like Portland are very like, you know, support, support local. And uh, that, that uh, it's one of the cool things that I think I like about Oregon. Um, yeah. Mm. If you like beers, you got a million options. I swear there's like a different brewery every, every block in, in Portland. Um, yeah yeah not just ipas by the way if you're gonna be like 
Oh, they're all just IPAs, all the all the craft breweries IPAs. No, there's some good like sours and lagers and some good stuff out there, man. But God, I've looked, I'm just I'm just captivated by this drawing. I feel sorry oh. for the audio listeners because we're just we're just looking at this drawing. <laughs> yeah, I really no, I, I started talking. How, sorry, um, <laughs> it's crazy just how like. I mean, obviously, there's there's a ton of um, like theory and stuff behind it, but it's just how easily it comes together. I'm not a very artistic person, but like I, I couldn't draw to save my life. So just seeing this all it just like it, there's there's method to the madness. And it's just like, yeah, oh, just yeah. hopping around, doing some lines whenever it feels correct. And <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's interesting. To hear, um, I like I really focus on like the gesture kind of stuff but my anatomy is not like that like accurate like uh, it's all by feeling yeah so yeah i have to like often go in and fix it or make the decision the decision to not fix it sometimes um mm-hmm. that's interesting like it comes and bites me two like uh two really good friends of mine um i can i can give a shout out here so they're they're both anime style artists there, there's my, mm. my friend Hanchu and there's another friend uh, Lucky Yuki and they both like so Han does art for a card game called Grand Archive and I know she's worked for like mm. she's done stuff for like Psy Games and some other stuff before and some like mobile stuff and then Lucky Yuki is the main artist for a popular webcomic um, and she does uh, her own her own stuff too but it's um, I, I, I've I've seen them have a similar conversation where like I think the both their arts are fantastic and they also they each have their own individual styles but like it's, it's it was like really cool to see like han being like she when when yuki posted a thing she was like oh i love your how how dynamic your pose is i'm trying to work on you know my like um you know posing and stuff and just kind of like the back and forth between the artists about that um mm-hmm. i think it's uh interesting to see like how each artist has their own um oh how, right. how their own approach to the, to that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um i think Maybe partially it's to do with uh, the background, you know, like um, you can kind of actually that's interesting that uh, we were talking about before, like influences, mm-hmm. like when you see artists and when we talk about Frazetta, like, you know, so, uh, whatever people want to think about it, like, you know, if the like it's outdated or whatever, um, you can still see like all the way to your favorite artists now, maybe the person they were influenced by and the person they were influenced all the way back to like Frazetta, all these people who like kind yeah. of were early fantasy artists and stuff. You can see those like styles come through, and that's yeah. so interesting. Um, it's, yeah, like, hmm. yeah, I, I think it's interesting as well. I, I think it's one of those things too. When I was a kid and seeing those those like old fantasy style arts, I had this weird notion that I was like, "Oh, this is old and boring." But as I've gotten older, I've actually grown like to appreciate it like way way more. And you yeah. mentioned Frank Frazetta, but like other other old fantasy artists too that have come to very very much appreciate like um jeff easley is another one like old school like D artist and um yeah i i've i'm like i'm very much very much enjoy and love their work now um there's another one. Oh, who who did i ju- he just had one on it's not ed that's okay. there's another one that i just backed on kickstarter who just put out he's doing an art book i'm gonna try to find it um because I started to pay attention more to like these classic artists and the ones that are kind of still around and working. And I feel like, you know, that's not always going to be the case as, as, as time goes on. And so I want to do what I can to support these, these folks. Oh, Larry Elmore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you don't, 
Larry Elmore did like the original, some of the original Dungeons and Dragons art covers. And if you've seen that, that red dragon from D and D that's, that's Larry Elmore. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like, wow. Holy crap. Yeah. He's like one of the most like classic, like fantasy D and D artists. He did a lot of the book covers for like the dragon Lance stuff. Um, So cool. Yeah, I, I took a lot of inspiration. So for Vanna with my character here, this is actually interesting. I took I took a lot of inspiration for many, many different characters, no single character. But one of them definitely was like Raceland from Dragonlance for all the nerds out there who know who Raceland is. Um, but then also some other characters like, um, oh, what's his name? Farin from like the Dark Elf novels. They're also D&D. Um, and uh, many other characters, mm. many other characters too. But um even even a little bit of inspiration from uh gale from uh baldur's gate 3 oh yeah who uh if you didn't uh, know uh, <laughs> as got, immediately got gale killed at the start of his game and never even knew he existed yeah. <laughs> he fell into the void i didn't know didn't never saw him again after that yeah oh like in the, the pulling bit yeah like the very yeah. Yeah, he, I was like, oh, come on, Gail. Oh, no, he's gone. He ripped off his arm and he never, <laughs> never came back. Which I didn't know I, that was possible. Wow. Which I think is so funny because yeah. he's such like a big character in like the overall plot. Um, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I was, I was bowling around with, uh, with Shadowheart, Lazel, and um, Asterion to begin with. My, mm. my, my squad, mm. since my character is a wizard, uh, I really liked Gale, but I don't want two wizards in my party. So I got, I'm yeah. rocking Carlac, mm. uh, Shadowheart and, um, uh, Carlac, Shadowheart and, uh, Astarian. Yeah. Though Astarian yeah. really doesn't, he just, dis, he disapproves of everything that I do. I always try to do like the nice and good thing. And Astarian's like, uh, oh, like yeah. oh. <laughs> no. no, yeah, he's all, he's all grump about it. Are you guys still playing right now? I I took a little break from it because I've spent like almost a hundred hours on it. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I, I'm in I'm in Act Three. I don't know exactly how far I am, but the way that I play is I'm very meticulous, so I like to go and do everything. So I mm. went to the, the 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 magic shop. I'm not going to spoil too much, but I went to the magic shop in Baldur's Gate and I did the whole thing there, including the vault and a, a lot of stuff. I did a lot Ooh. of stuff there. I got I got some really sweet gear for my uh, for my uh, wizard. So mm-hmm. that I stole from their secret arcane vault. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I went okay. to that magic shop and uh, like messed up the the like quiz or whatever because there's a there's a quiz. I'm not going to spoil it too much, but I messed up the quiz and uh, it just made everyone in the building immediately <laughs> want to kill me. The hostiles. <laughs> yeah. so, I was just like, what? Why? <laughs> I had to so reload. I ended up killing all of them. I had to reload a couple of times because I did want to steal from all of the all of the the rooms up up there. And yeah. so, like, there's a way you can do it, like to get the the guards' attention and then quickly open the door and run in. Um, mm. How how far have you played, Sam? I haven't. T- we haven't. The listeners uh, have heard us talk about Baldur's Gate three for months now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, you guys have talked about it heaps for a while. Yeah, we 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 got right. into it pretty pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, it back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've I've just recently finished uh, my first run. I'm I hmm. starting my second run. Just I just nice. started like a couple of days ago. Um, the first one though, uh, oh, I shouldn't say any 
spoilers, but I in the earlier acts I like missed so much because I mm. I thought um I thought I had to really never rest. Like <laughs> so I missed oh. out on like all this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so where, I was like really trying to consider. That's where you get all the character dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so in like act two and three, by act three I was trying to do everything. I think I did ne nearly everything, yeah. but it was like kind of late. Um, and so now I'm doing second run and kind of. Uh, I guess a bit more role playing now too. So yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, that's, all, that's literally all I was doing. I was I was just trying to get to camp. And get Shadowheart in her in her in her you know nightgown the whole time. <laughs> that, was, that was the reason I was playing the game. <laughs> I, I when I play these kind of games, yeah, like I said, I I love to do everything. So I I explored like every nook and cranny, like oh, every really? everything, even like where it's like you're at a point of no return, and I'm like, cool, I'm heading back. I'm gonna go do literally everything that I can. And so like, I I. There, I might have missed something, but I kind of don't think I did. I, I think no. I did everything. I even did stuff that I found that are some some other people like missed. Like uh, in Act Three, you can do a thing with a genie who maybe teleports you to some place. I'm not going to spoil it, but if you do a thing with a genie, he can teleport you somewhere. There's like there's like a secret fishman village in the Underdark that I found. If you jump mm. jump to a little little ledge and climb down, mm. and that's because yeah. when I I used to play a lot of Baldur's, or not Baldur's Gate, uh, Neverwinter Nights. I used to play a lot of Neverwinter Nights and Neverwinter uh, Nights yeah. 2. And mm. what I would do is like, I would just hold, I don't know if it was like the alt or the Z button, but it would highlight all of the clickable things. Yeah, yeah. And I would just like, all right, we're going to click on everything. And so, yeah, that's how yeah. I play. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I started doing it after too. But also the, the, the whole thing is so rich with like great narrative story. The character is so good to, to, what, um, to what Az was saying. So good. So I'm, like you, my second run, I'm playing like a Shadowheart simp. Like I'm playing like a cleric. Uh, you know, it's like all this interesting new stuff. But like, and I just didn't realize how much I missed in the first, like already the first act, like uh, within the first few hours. Like, yeah, all the dialogue and everything and all the extra things, like all, you know, missed it all. Um, but I had to say thing I was, I think I was saying to you, Cal, I'm not sure, with Divinity Original Sin 2. Oh, yeah. Good. I had to quit twice. I never finished it because it just, that one, it took so much of my time that I realized I was not getting stuff done. I had to just, like, uh, I had to, it's like, it's too addictive. I had to just cold turkey it twice, and then I uninstalled it, never finished. Been... Yeah, that's basically what I had to do with Divinity as well. Like, I loved yeah. that game. It was so much right? fun. But, yeah, it's just, it <sighs> took up so much of my time. Yeah, I was sitting around trying to, like, figure out, like, some, just that stone maze. I just spent hours there trying to... Yeah. Would you say? Would you say there's like? Would you say there's more to do in Divinity than Baldur's Gate? Is it more open? Because because I because I, I loved it. I got past Fort Joy and then it opened up so much that so I was just mm. like, oh, what do I do? It's the same. It's the same experience yeah. that I had when reaching the Baldur's Gate in Baldur's Gate. It opened up so much that mm. I just sort of lost interest, and I had already romanced Shadowheart at this point, so I just didn't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you gotta finish your, you gotta finish your story though. Complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I finished it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> see, see, the thing is, it's like ending. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the point where, like, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm in Baldur's Gate, and I'm slowly, bit by bit, like doing everything that I can in in, mm. in Baldur's Gate. So, like, my my squad is now set up in the in the inn. So, like, my my rest area is the inn. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm I'm investigating some murders. 
Um, mm. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of slowly going through that and doing, doing, doing everything. Um, Good. Yeah. Oh, well I, done. Like, oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, actually, to just kind of uh, circle back to some of the things you were saying, even with the Divinity Original, Original Sin 2, I felt like that was a bit more rough around the edges. Like, if you change your character's like face, the portrait becomes like the worst thing ever. It becomes yeah, like yeah. pixel soup. Yeah, but even those things, the game in all of that, I think Baldur's Gate, uh, Original Sin, you can feel like the, the heart put into it. That yeah. feeling oh, is yeah. like, you can feel, yeah. And I think that trumps like uh, all these little um, like technical things because you can see the art and everything was like done with so much love still, even if they were technical, like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. issues. It's like, yeah. it comes through. I don't know how to place it, but I think going back to when I was saying like, I can look at old pieces and be like, enjoy and be happy about them. It's that same kind of thing where I'm kind of looking at like uh, maybe what I... Like, you know, uh, I can remember, like, the, the joy there. Maybe it's a, yeah. I don't know why I brought it back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a great awesome. game. Uh, it's crazy to me. I posted this on Twitter earlier a couple of days ago, but, like, there's so many good games this year. Like, really good games that... It's, it's funny that, mm-hmm. like, Baldur's Gate 3 is, like, maybe one of the best, like, CRPGs ever made. And I think it's, like, not the clear best game of the year for me, which is... Saying a lot that there's so many good games yeah. this year, because like what are the other ones? Oh, there's a lot. So like I just I just finished Sea of Stars uh, the other day, 100% completed Sea of Stars. It is a retro inspired JRPG or turn-based RPG. Think of like Chrono Trigger or like um, oh yeah okay uh, or like uh, Golden Sun. I I yeah. absolutely love Sea of Stars. It is so good. I think it is a masterpiece. Um, okay. I think yeah. if you like that genre, it is a must-play game. And then uh, another indie game, Lies of P. It's basically the one that's like Dark Souls, but with Pinocchio. I think that is also a masterpiece of the genre. It is so good that I think you could mistake in it for uh, an actual FromSoft game. The makers of like Dark Souls and Elden Ring. I think it's that good. Uh, it, it is it is wonderful. Uh, and then other than that, there's like Resident Evil 4 Remake was really good. Diablo 4 was really good. Um a uh, remnant two was pretty good. Oh, what else? Oh, I'm currently playing Alan Wake two, and it is, it is so good. If you like horror, if you like that kind of stuff, Alan Wake two, brilliant game. Is that the one the torchlight guy? Like you just have a torchlight only? Yeah, you have uh, you have you have your flashlight and you have a gun, and it's oh. very like narratively inspired by a lot of stuff like Stephen King and Twin Peaks and um okay. all, all this kind of stuff. The first game is one of my favorites of all time. And uh, mm. the sequel is like a lot scarier. They're going into a lot, a lot more horror and it is just narratively really good and interesting. If you like weird stuff, weird stories like Loki or that, that's a modern example. But like if you like weird stories like Twin Peaks or like Loki or um, it's so good. Uh, and it's also contained into like their own little universe. So if you played Control, there's a lot of things from Control in it. Right. Oh, I I. Got it. I never, I never picked. Like I, I installed everything. I never played it. Oh yeah. Control. I, I wanted to ask you because, like, we like horror, right? Mm-hmm. For me, like, uh, I don't get scared. I like typically don't get scared watching a horror movie. Like, uh, and if I do, like, after watching it, it just washes away like really yeah. quickly. But games, 
Yes. I'm so bad at horror games. I yeah, I can't like this uh, one stuff I just yes. I can't like alien isolation isolation. Yeah. Like too hard for me. I'm like game. freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Um so I, I'm I'm kind of the same way, and I think it's because <laughs> of your ability to put yourself into your character's yeah. shoes and you're you're physically playing it. So it feels Emergency like so it feels like you're more in danger than like a character on a on a uh movie yeah. or something like that. I understand just, that ent- entirely. Cause like that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I think I think Alan Wake Two does a really good job of making some pretty intense stuff, and the the sound. I think a lot of it's the sound too. The the sound is just really good at like making things like put you on edge. Um, mm. Yeah, good game. That Silent, uh, which is the reboot of the, not reboot, but the Silent Hill that was a really big in, installment. Uh, the mm. one where you're in like a, a countryside kind of feeling. There's like these. Uh, this is family. Um, is it seven? No. Resident Evil. Is it a? Oh no no yeah 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 the, like the um the yeah, Res- Resident Evil Seven. The village. Yeah. Well, village. I, I, like... seven's the one where you're in the family's house. Village is yes. the mm-hmm. one where it's mm-hmm. more like a Castlevania kind of thing. Actually. Oh, I didn't. Fi- yeah, I didn't finish Village, but the the house one, um, seven, I guess that was. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like that had the thing where it's almost where um. It's fun because it's scary, but mm-hmm. I quickly got like at some point you get the guns to become OP, which yeah. makes me feel good. Like I like it's, it's just at some point where I'm too scared. I'm like, yes, I'm like powerful now. I don't know. Which yeah. people don't like sometimes. I think. I, I think yeah. So there are like parts in Alan Wake that I think are, are really good because of that, where they like take away your guns or you have like almost no yeah. ammo. Like something busts yeah. through a, a door and you got like two shotgun shells and you shoot the guy and he's not dead. And then you're like, oh crap! <laughs> like I have to yeah. run. Like I can't. <laughs> I can't fight this thing. Um. Yeah, it makes things intense, and so you're just yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. There were those scenes in like I think was it Silent Hill Resident Evil where. Back before, like, um, they'll just switch the camera on you, so your aiming goes like crazy. Like, you move to one scene, and it's like the bathroom's now seen from this other angle, and you're like, What the hell? You know, you're yeah. trying to like, oh, yeah. the crappy controls. It's like the old school Resident Evil games with like yeah. the yeah, the like the, PlayStation One, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like the pre rendered <laughs> isometric perspective, yes. oh, and then like with games. the tank controls. So, would you we have to move your character? Yes, you like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. The new Resident Evil remake games are really, really good. Resident Evil 2, 3, so. and 4 remake are all excellent. I, I would recommend them. Yeah. They're really fun. So game remakes seem to be often really nice. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like... Some, well, some movie remakes are cool too, I guess. Yeah, it, it depends, I think. But the re- game remakes that I've been playing recently are, are really good. Yeah, it's going to be hard to pick, like, my favorite games of this year. There's just been so many good ones. Yeah. Has it built... Have you been playing much other games besides? Oh yeah, there's. Wait, have you guys been talking about this luck forever already? So I'm like bringing back these like uh, I'm making a refining back old memories. We we have gone on tangents before talking. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're talking about yeah. the video games. Um, what is here? What are, what are the other ones I listed? I listed them on Twitter. It's hard, it's hard to forget them or hard to remember them all. Uh, oh, there was um, Armored Core 6 was really cool if you like the mech kind of oh, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I heard, yeah, I heard that was really good. Um, oh, the Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty DLC mm. was really, really awesome. If you like the Cyberpunk stuff, story's really good. There's a lot of like gray area moral choices. It's got this dystopian vibe where no choice feels good. <laughs> like there's no 
right answer. Everything sucks, no matter what choice you make. Um, but in a good way, like in a narratively, like in an interesting way, right. it's 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 so good. Um, and Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven now is like an incredible game. They've updated it and fixed a lot of the the bugginess that. Okay, I've I spent like I try. I've spent like probably more time in that game than any other. Like I've been like really? two hundred hours or something. Yeah, I've done like everything. Um, it's very cool. I, I'm a big fan, by the way. I'm a big fan of like the cyberpunk, um, property. I even have like the tabletop role playing game, Cyberpunk Red. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, hey, did you guys? Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Did you guys ever play Heroes of Might and Magic? Yeah. Like the, the old ones. So yeah. there was a board game that released recently. There was a Kickstarter for it. it yeah, super board game, cool. wasn't I, I it? Yeah, I, I didn't end up like going with, but I was like watching, following it because that was like my childhood kind of the hot seat kind of. I forgot three other like big games, man. This year is like stacked. So there's Street Fighter Six. If you like fighting games, I thought that was pretty. Oh cool. yes, I really like. I saw you uh, posting about it too. Yeah, I, I thought uh, Jedi Survivor, which is also like one of the best Star Wars games I've ever played, um, and then Final Fantasy Sixteen also was really really good this year. So like, yeah, this year is like got a, so many like banger games, dude. And that's not even like talking about the Nintendo games. I don't really play a lot of Nintendo games. But I know people really liked the new Mario. There's the Zelda game that came out this year, like Tears of the Kingdom. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so many. Some good, some good games. Like 2023, I think is like one of the best, best years for like gaming, like video games. Yeah. I'm trying to like relax. Like I'm trying to just manage my time better and like kind of live a bit more. But at the same time, also like play games more. Like it used to be, I'm just I feel like I have to always be drawing. But recently, we feel like you know, hey, I should switch it up some. You know, it's been nice. Um, me, to get back into it. me too I've, I've had i had a couple like pretty rough personal weeks in a row and i've mm. taken more time to relax for myself and not be so much on like the content grind so i've taken that, that that extra time to play like um i played the resident evil dlc with ada wong really good played the the phantom liberty cyberpunk dlc really good played through sea of stars brilliant uh like uh, i can't I can't recommend that game enough. And then I'm currently playing through Alan Wake, which is also brilliant. So yeah, it's just, it's good to have a bit of like escapism and some like time for your, yeah. for yourself and to, yeah. 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 That's good. Speaking of uh, escapism, I think it's time yeah. we, uh, I think it's time we close it off now because it's like yeah. 2 a.m. in the UK. This has been a fantastic chat, but yeah, this I is, need to get yeah. up in, in yes. five hours. To for for everyone, stuff. if you're God. still here, by the way, um, <laughs> bless you, because this is like three hours. I think my record yeah. time is two, two hours and 55 minutes currently. I think I'm going to chop some out of it because um, we had some some spaces I need to chop out, but it'll still be like, yeah, true. like yeah. close to three hours long. So um yeah i guess before we go uh yeah here's the you can well if you're watching you can see the drawing that that, oh, that, that, the, that sam has sketched for us maybe i'll explain so um i'll go off and actually like sketch uh like a more detailed thing over this um but yeah this is like the basic like it's the feeling captured here we're trying to do yeah. um oh yeah obviously. it's definitely been captured that's for sure i think that looks, that looks amazing and like like i said like um we're gonna definitely i'm be using these characters for like thumbnails for the next I, I have an idea to make it like look even like look cool what i think i'm gonna do for the thumbnail Ooh. is i'm gonna have all the characters lined up and then i'm gonna try to get like cutouts of us like the players like <laughs> behind the characters or something so you can kind of oh yeah 
So you can kind of see yeah, like, uh, like on the thumbnail. Yeah. Cool. I've seen some other like uh, uh, like D&D thumbnail yeah, things kind of like that. So I think it would maybe do something like that. And then obviously cool. I think I'll, I'll do like a little cutout of the characters' faces for the portraits when we're actually playing. So it'll just be like in the corner mm. so you can see the character. Oh, you know what I should do? Maybe um, is I'll leave it for now and maybe uh, Rachel can tell us if that is kind of the feel. Maybe maybe she has something completely different in mind and it's like, this is breaking the... So then yeah. I, it's an easy fix, you know, before I just go ahead with it. I um, honestly, we can do that, but I honestly think Rachel's going to love it no matter what, <laughs> to okay, be cool. honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like she, she did say, uh, if you drew her character with a stick figure and goggles, she would love it. So... Um, cool. I, I, I think oh. Rachel would definitely love it. Um, sorry, I know I'm trying this on. Uh, as before, you mentioned about like the lines on like the you're drawing on the phone, and I said um, something about that. It was like if you draw really slowly, like it, oh, yeah. you're gonna get these jitters. But so there's this feeling of like you draw by like kind of so on the tablet people flick, but you can like practice by like momentum. So if you practice doing something like this, oh. that moment when you go down and around, this like oh, yeah. the easing gets you. Um, control so oh, you're, yeah. you're changing speed like it's almost like using momentum to draw and that's how you can get like a yeah step in there but that's the, the oh, way to practice it for anyone who has that trouble where you're you're trying to like draw really slow stuff just do yeah. more lines instead so just use like use your feel like literally just use your feel instead of trying to just yeah you're of, get, yeah yeah, yeah. and sense. I'm doing and redoing yeah yeah exactly nice yeah. <laughs> a bit in a little preaching moment at the end no, it's, it's all good. Which are immediately, oh, shit, what am I doing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, living legend style. <laughs> cool. Thank you guys. Uh, awesome. Thanks for, like, I hope that was, wasn't too, like, you know, uh, like, I felt like you guys had to do lots of heavy lifting while I'm drawing. You had to, like, no, oh, no. I mean, oh, the conversation we're, we're, we're just, we're just, we're just here to chat. And, uh, yeah. That's, yeah, I love the casual Arsenal step. Bit, well, I guess we're just yeah, rambling. It's the rambling part's really fun. The whole the whole podcast is really just that is our vibe. That is our vibe, anyway, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you know. We what? Basically, we start recording. We talk about whatever topics we have, and then at some point, one of us is like, <laughs> yeah. "We're kind of in the weeds now." <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But I, I think that's what people like about our podcast too. Like, uh, yeah. and we've had people say that too. Is like, yeah, we'll talk about the flesh and blood stuff. We'll talk about the news. But at the end of the day, it kind of feels like we're all just. Uh, just kind of having a good time and hanging out, which is the kind of the vibe yeah, that it's really good that we go for here, like a really relaxed vibe. And you know, on the Living Legends, we we try to be a podcast that is um, at least entertaining for any fan of Flesh and Blood, and that's kind of the goal here. Is if right. you're if you're a fan of the art, if you're you know a, a a pro player, if you're you know someone new to the game, as long as you're a fan of Flesh and Blood, we want to be able to offer something for you, and that, mm. that's kind of like. That's kind of the vibe. And so. I know we're talking about it like, oh, it becomes cash, but always that's a, 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 like that is what's the word? Uh, a statement to how like how well this is, how good you guys do it. Because at the end, I'm feeling really relaxed and just really comfortable. It's really cool. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. it's really and, nice. Yeah, and thank you for coming on and chatting us with, chatting with us for like three hours. We really no, appreciate I, I enjoy it. I didn't even know like yeah, the time so. Yeah, this this will definitely cool. definitely be our, our longest episode, but I think that <laughs> I think that's really cool, and I I think like once again, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm so glad we could finally have you on here to you know talk about art, talk about the creative side. I think there's that's a, a side that a lot of people don't even 
know about really like because uh, not not really a lot of folks like talk about it or, or focus on it you see a lot of stuff talk about like whatever the most competitive meta is how what their deck they're going to bring mm-hmm. to worlds but not really talking about like you know the the creative creative side of the the game that we all love so um yeah thank oh yeah thank you man. thank you guys for championing that too it's really nice oh i do want to mention one thing which is people message me on the different socials and like i don't reply them um I just want to say sorry to everyone I don't reply to, but also um, if you if there's something you're still after, maybe hit me up on Twitter, I guess DM me or something. Um, I do see them, but and uh, the truth is like like it'll be a live. I say I just don't have time because there's always time, but it's almost like I just try to balance my my time, and so um, it becomes this. If I reply one, it's just, you know it's snowball. So to your yeah. credit, uh-huh. I also get a lot of messages. And I, a lot of the times I'll read the message or see it when I'm doing something else. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll think about whatever I'm going to say. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll respond to that later. And then I'll forget. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll completely forget. And then I was like, oh shit. Uh, I guess, you know, <laughs> guess I'm yeah. not going to like, yeah. So it, it's so easy. Just, I'm saying spam me if you need yeah. to get to me. Sorry. Go. Spam me. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just message me more. Just, just harass if, me. It's fine. If, if you're gonna spam, <laughs> no, don't do that. You heard it here first. I was say, if you're gonna spam Sam, please be respectful. Um, be, be nice. I thought you were gonna say don't spam the wrong. I'm just directing it all the oh, way yeah. to the don't spam, spam the other Sam. Yes. <laughs> don't spam the other Sam Yang. We we have we have this Sam Yang's art. We we have Sam Yang art. That's where you can find Sam. This this Sam. Um, we have we have this Twitter handle like right there, so you could go to that one, not the other one. So, but also support all the other Sam Yangs too, because yeah, awesome. I actually during when I was like earlier when we were talking about it, I was really realizing I wasn't following the other Sam, and then mm-hmm. I saw like those those art pieces of that like I don't know like assassin samurai girl, and I was like she looks awesome. <laughs> I liked them all, and yeah, I followed him. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. I was yes, like, oh. go support the Sams. Yeah, Sam Army. Sam, yes. Sam Army. Hey, okay. So before we go, I I do want to give a little nod to everyone who has been here for three hours with us. So, Sam, yeah. could you come up with something that people should type in the comments if they've mm. if they're watching this three hours and just can be anything, just so we know that people have been watching this for three hours. So if you've been listening or watching for three hours, comment down below something sam what, what should they say they should say uh what did we talk about we talked about alcohol uh <laughs> fruit fruit and rum i don't know maybe something catchy <laughs> yeah <laughs> um t- t- type in quote alcohol food and rum <laughs> yes. yeah alcohol food and rum brilliant yes yeah. And um, I love how we just had this whole deep and meaningful conversation about art <laughs> and what it means. And then the first thing sounds like food, alcohol, and rum. Type in the comments below. <laughs> hey, yeah. it's, it's real though. Uh, it's real though. No, um, this was this was a fantastic chat though. Once again, I just want to I want to echo that. Like yes. this was really cool just to see a, a part like a behind the scenes of a part that like um, Kel said people don't really pay as much attention to, but is equally as important for just the the whole feel the soul of the game mm-hmm. so yeah yeah awesome. so yeah absolutely 
I think I think we're it's about time to probably to probably wrap it up there. Yeah. So uh, in, in, yes, in, please. The sun is coming up over here. <laughs> oh, it's not that <laughs> late. Gotta get out to, to bed. Uh, yeah. So before we go, uh, let's just kind of quickly go around and, and just say yeah. who we are all and where you can find us. Oh. Um, I guess I'll just start. I'm Kel Red Zone Rogue. You can find me everywhere at Red Zone Rogue. Uh, mostly Twitter uh, and then YouTube, obviously. I do have an Instagram and I do have a Facebook, but I rarely check those. Uh, so if you want to message me, uh, Twitter or Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, um, and then we'll toss it over. We'll save Sam for last. We'll go. We'll go to as yeah. next as where can, where can people find you? Yeah. So uh, mainly on go again, gaming on YouTube and then on Twitter is go again, gaming AZ. Um, and uh, I'll also shout out the Living Legends podcast email address. Mm, yeah. We are gonna, we mm. are gonna be um, any thoughts, comments, and questions. Uh, send them there. Uh, we do have, do actually have some to address next time when when we have more of a loose cool. episode when we get back mm-hmm. to normal. Uh, so yeah, send your thoughts, comments, questions in there as well. But yeah, going in gaming is is where is where you can find the only mullet and mustache in Fab. That's it, really. <laughs> how about how about you, Bill? Where can people on, Bill. find you? Uh, I'm I'm Bill from the Spike Feeders. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at BillTSF. You can also find me on other social media at the same handle. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Spike Feeders Fab. We do live edited gameplay content, and if that's something that interests you, you should definitely come check us out. Uh, we in the works currently have uh, a live edited UPF or a live uh, UPF game using the Round the Table product. Mm-hmm um and that will be coming out basically as soon as it's done i don't know what the actual timeline is but just uh be sure to drop us a follow if that interests you fantastic oh yeah and then last but certainly not least uh sam and we've already talked about this once but uh if people would like to go follow you where should they go oh uh so it's just sam yang art so sam um yang and then a-r-t um same on twitter facebook uh instagram um all of that but um, I've been using Twitter more recently, um, so maybe if you're looking for me, I, yeah. But uh, I'll try to post more too. I'm just, um, yeah, try to post more stuff. Twitter is like I found the best place to like network, and yeah, the community like it's just because they're there and it's conversational. It feels really good, and I, I like that part. So, yeah, I'll be on there. Awesome. Yeah, that's... And. Um... Once again, thank you, dear viewer, dear listener, for sticking around for over three hours. We really appreciate it. Um, and um, we'll see you next time for some more Flesh and Blood. Alcohol, food, and rum. Alcohol, food, and rum. Yeah, exactly. Alcohol, food, and rum. Alcohol, we'll see you next time for more alcohol, food, and rum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brilliant. <laughs> see you later, guys. All right. Cheers.